All right, I got it. You ready? Yo, crewies, welcome back to another horror movie. Crew Studios presents. This is a cocktails episode. I haven't done a cocktails episode in forever. So this is kind of getting me back into the rhythm because you know I'm back on the wagon again. My guest, Felicia, from Two Chicks in a Horror Flick, she did not realize I was back on the wagon. So you very politely had to run and make a cocktail very quickly. Yes. And this is what happened. This is exactly what happened in the pre-show. So all of the patron groupies get all the bonus behind the scenes stuff. I don't know how much there's going to be for this episode. We'll see. I got to edit out a ton of coughing because Felicia has just been Shut coughing. <laughs> Shut up. Coughing up a storm. It's been consistent coughing and consistent burping that I'm going to have to edit <laughs> out of this episode. Um, You're so full of it. I'm, I'm the better for it. But hey. Thank you Sorry. for joining me. We have not recorded together in quite some time. Yeah, it's been way too long. I, I love chatting with you. You were over it, I guess, but not true. Uh, I was very excited when you reached out. I was like, yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. You should thank Erica because she went to Europe for like six. Who goes to Europe for like three months? Who does that? Three months? Not really. I, I like to exaggerate oh. things. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, gullible. It was so like, this is not. It was like three weeks, but it, you know what? It was basically three months. Yeah, three weeks is long. I mean, I think that that would be a good amount of time. Mm. Um, I think cost-wise, this is why maybe people don't take full advantage of going that long. I'm getting all serious about it. You're right. Fuck that. What was she doing? See, that's what, what I'm saying. Not only is it absolutely irresponsible of her to travel overseas mm-hmm. right now and we could be going plummeting face first into a great depression. So she should have saved her money. And <laughs> three, she left me high and dry for three months. Like, what am I supposed to do for three months when we have weekly episodes? You know, it's just not fair to me as her partner. Yeah. Sorry. <sighs> and now you have to talk to me while I cough. No, no, I get to listen to you cough and I am... <laughs> happy to do so because I'm upset with her. Actually, she'll be back like in two days. I'm just joking. I'm not really mad at her, but you know, nonetheless, I didn't leave and go to Europe for three weeks. <laughs> Selfish. Just saying, you know, I had to close yeah. the studio for the week. It's Thanksgiving week when I should be thanking all of the HMC studios listeners. And I had to close the damn studio down, you know? Why? Why <sighs> couldn't you thank your own listeners? <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> Do you like how, so here's what happened. Okay. We had the cabin trip last week. Okay. So we do our yearly cabin trip for the horror movie crew podcast. Right. And I had this place torn apart because we take everything with us to the cabin and now we do video. So there's like big ass lights on stands. There's the new mixer, which is great, but it's kind of a pain in the ass. There's all the laptop bullshit, all the cameras, so we, we had to tear the whole studio down. So we tore it down. We took it to the cabin. Uh, and when I got back, I was like, man, I really don't feel like putting any of this stuff back up. So that's why. Okay. That's, that's why. Good. That's the story. Thank you. I, I, that's a good reason. <laughs> I was waiting for it to go further. You were actually wanting like a good story, right? And I gave you that. Yeah, I was like. Oh, oh, and then it just stopped. Well, it's actually, I did that on purpose because I wanted to segue from a bad story into our topic, which we've decided this is, yes, this is a cocktails episode, 
But we were originally going to talk about the movie Boogeyman, and then we decided, you know what, let's just make this a fun, free-flowing conversation while we have some cocktails, and we'll just center it around none other than the Mr. Stephen King. Yes, such a good idea. I was so happy when you brought that up. Well, sometimes I stumble across good ideas every once in a while, but I segued from my bad story into his latest book, Holly, which in my opinion starts off terribly. Did you finish it? No, I stopped. So you and I were texting the other night about it, and I think I told you I was in like page 30 or 40 or something. Um, Yeah. I just can't bring myself to pick it back up because this will be too in a row. So did you read his last, the book before this, uh, Fairy Tale? No. Hot Garbage. Oh, no. Yes. Great premise. Good characters. But it was executed very terribly. Like, this book is... Uh, where is it? I had to wear a hat because I knew I was going to turn around and look at my Stephen King books. I didn't want you to see my bald spot. <laughs> this is such good planning. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Christine mm-hmm. fell. So here it is. Fairy tale. It's a fairly girthy book, right? Yeah. It's a good size novel. <laughs> Girthy. That's funny. Uh, this makes me think of a penis. That's why I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's 600 pages. Oh my gosh. Okay. This should have been three books because there's so much in this book. It's like three parts. There's a kid in present day. He finds this thing. I don't want to ruin it for you because I, I think. You may, you may like it. I don't know. Mark and I both didn't like it. We had the same feelings about it. But, like, he crammed three stories into one book, which left so much on the table that he could have explained better and had, like, stories that went off of the beaten path so you got to know more about these other characters. So, like, you don't really... You're not invested in any, any of the characters except for maybe the main one because you just don't get enough time with all of them because it's so like sped up. Yeah. And it's the amount of things he rips off from Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones is insane. Really? It's you have to read it. Like the first Okay, I'm curious. I'm very curious. The first quarter, uh the first third of the book cuz it's really broken down into three different settings. The first third of the book is the best part of it and that's the part you're most invested in. And then once you get to like the second set of what's, I'm trying not to give too much away because I want to ruin it for you. Once you get to the second set of circumstances, like he throws in like all these characters like George R. R. Martin does in Game of Thrones, but doesn't give you all of like the backstories and the where they came from and what led them to be disfigured the way they are. And it's like, it's very un-Stephen King-like because he is usually so descriptive in his writing that yeah. it was like, who wrote this? Oh, that's too bad. Yes, I'll it's very definitely sad. have to read it, but it's like I'm not very excited about it. I'm crunching my ice. Um, I was very excited. Abby got me this for one of our vacations, and I pushed through it because Mark and I were talking about doing an episode on it, but we ended up scrapping it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if are you in like fantasy novels? 
Um, yeah-ish sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I definitely like thrill, thriller, horror, coming of age stories are my favorite. Those are the ones I can really get into. Okay. Um, But <clears throat> I'm trying to think what is a fantasy novel I have read. Did you read Game of Thrones? Sure. No. Did you read like the Dark Tower series by Stephen King? Not yet. Uh, Lord of the Rings? No. Harry Potter? Yes. Okay. Love Harry Potter books. Okay. So, I mean, I would consider that fantasy, right? Okay. Yeah. You're right. Magic and witches and stuff. Yeah. Yes. This is very much in that vein. And it, it has like the, because he writes really good teenage characters, right? So it's got the teenage character, but I don't know. It was almost like he thought all of this out and then he was just like, you know what? I don't really want to invest three novels into this. So I'm just going to cram it into one and push it out to consumers. Maybe that's exactly what he did. I don't know, but that one wasn't great. So I'm like, you know what? Holly is one of my favorite Stephen King characters. I loved her in the Mr. Mercedes series. I loved her in the outsiders. And then I picked that thing up and it's like so politically driven, which is in my opinion, outside of what you get with Stephen King. I can't, off the top of my head, name another story that is that heavily influenced by like modern politics. Yeah. Yeah. I was really disappointed that as well. I've only read the beginning. Um, He, he is very political, but you know, you can just not follow him on Twitter Yes, and you'll probably be fine. Right. Yes. Um, And I remember the Institute I'm actually right behind me. This is all Stephen King. Ooh. All Stephen King books. Isn't that beautiful? And up here, I have some first editions. Gosh, you are rich, dude. No, <laughs> they were gifts. But, or maybe if I sell them, I am. But um, <laughs> the Institute, I love the Institute. That was such a great story. And in it, he made two comments about Trump. But it was so little it was like a character in a bar made a comment when Trump was on TV. The reason I'm saying this is because I saw comments where people were like, I am returning this book. I don't want his political agenda shoved down my throat. And I'm like, dude, it was a character in a bar made a comment about what was on the TV. And it wasn't even a character that was in the rest of the book. The story was great. Relax a little. Yeah. Of course, you know, um, you know, I just... I just love Stephen King and even though his politics or I don't I don't really actively follow him. I follow him, but I'm never on Twitter <laughs> because uh this really hardcore political um uh what am I trying discourse. I'm not into that. And so but that doesn't bother me. You're gonna have little pieces of the author come through, and that's fine. This though, oh my god, oh my god, it's like one thing after another. Like I, I, I was like, I went through years of this. Went through years of people hating each other because they didn't vote for the right or for the same people. Yeah. Hating each other because they couldn't make the same decisions about vaccinations. Hating just as like I'm fucking over it. I don't want to dedicate a bunch of time and energy into reading a novel dedicated to it. Yes. I'm 100% with you. And it was like, 
And I think because you had you started it before I did, and you had texted us mm-hmm. in the group, and you were like, "Hey, like I don't not th- trying to start a political conversation or debate or whatever, but like, has anybody read the new Holly book?" And um, I think I had made a comment. I was like, "I haven't read it yet. I bought it, but haven't started it." But like, I would hope that he wouldn't put his political beliefs or affiliations into his book into a character that we've already been so invested in through like six, four to six other novels already we've spent with this character and they've never made any sort of comments or led you to believe these certain aspects of their personality. And then all of a sudden it's like thrust into this character that we've spent all this time with. So it was just weird that he chose to do that. Like I know he's very active on Twitter and I actually don't follow. I'm I'm not even on Twitter. I'm like, I have an account, but I never get on it. Uh, But he was one of the ones that I had to mute. Because it was just like every day. Yes, me too. So it's like, I don't know. But like I started that and I'm just like, man, I don't know if I want to continue down this path. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because it is an investment, right? To read and finish a book. Like I don't, I have a whole rack of books over here that I haven't read. Like I'll just switch to a different one. Yeah, there's tons of novels that we want to read. And um, I'm curious if any of your listeners have read it fully. Does it get better? Is this just like, I don't know, does it turn around or is this truly just a book about this? About Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When that character was like, oh yeah. And my mom who wouldn't get <laughs> vaccinated and she went to the Trump rally and yeah. she got COVID and she, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? This is garbage. Yeah. Like and my 80 year old uncle that was double vaxxed, he got COVID and shook it in two days. Uh-huh. I'm like, Come this on, is dude. because also this is ignorant, ignorant rhetoric mm. because there are, I can just say from my own experience, when I had COVID, uh, I thought I was going to die and I wasn't vaccinated and I'm not vaccinated. And also I don't even know if that was the right decision. So if you're vaccinated, that's cool. You're not, that's cool. I don't know. Right. Uh, but at that time I remember thinking, Oh my God, if getting a vaccine, the vaccination makes you not feel this shitty, I'm getting one as soon as I'm better. Right. But then at the same time, I had a group of friends, all variations of like fully vaxxed, boosted, not vaxxed, Vax, but not boosted, all of this, all levels of horrifically ill or okay. Yeah. So I realize, so I, this isn't even like, what are you pushing? Cause it's not even fucking true. <laughs> like, right. right. It's unless, like- I mean, it's true to this character, like it was true for a lot of people. But like you said, this character has never been, I mean, I guess maybe a lot of people weren't really that vocal about things until it seemed like the Trump Hillary mm-hmm. um, election and then COVID. So maybe it's come out in her. I don't know. I don't want to read it. I'm with you. I don't know <laughs> that I'm good. I, I really want to, like I said, I really like that character and I was so excited that she got her own. Cause she was always piggybacked in with uh bill. I think it's bill, bill Hodges with that Mr. Mercedes story. Mm-hmm. And then she also got lumped into the outsiders, which she was brought in. Um, to help out with what I forget the guy's name, but uh, the character in that. So this is like her first, like her own story. I'm so excited to see where he took it. And it was just like, how deflating dude. Like, come on. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe it's in that, those first 50 pages and then the next 300 or whatever, it doesn't get brought up, but still it, like, to me, 
it shakes the foundation of that character because now I have to remember that through the entirety of the story that this character is that, excuse me, but naive and ridiculous to have those types of viewpoints when you're putting her in situations where she has always had to be so open-minded about things and not so rah-rah, I'm on this one team, right? Because if, if yeah. you know her story, like she's, Ha, she like she is from a place or has these things going on that people generally think she's like different and doesn't follow the norm or like she's weird. So it's just weird to me that it's all of a sudden she's like on this train of, you know what I mean? Like this is right. Yeah. This is all the only thing that's right and etc. But nonetheless, like uh, I hope I finish it, but I doubt I do. Yeah, I feel the same. Anyway, now that we got that over with, I'm on my, yeah, right. I'm on my second drink and this train is rolling, dude. <laughs> this train is rolling. I'm drinking Beam and Diet Coke, by the way, which is my uh, my go-to now. It, it was always my second drink before. I used to drink Tito's and soda, but I just drank so much of it that I didn't have it. I haven't had one since I started drinking again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and now you're on the vodka train. Well, this vodka and amaretto, I do love dirty martinis with garlic and blue cheese stuffed olives. <laughs> this is like my favorite. It's so freaking good, Josh. It's so good. Oh, it sounds terrible. But now it's not terrible. And now <laughs> this, I love this. The godmother. I love this for you because I feel like that would be a perfect nickname for you. Oh, I love it. I don't know why, but it's cool. It's cool. It's the godmother. <laughs> you know what I mean? The godmother. Like, it has like a gangster sound to it. Like people would not mess with you with that name. Yeah. I'm recording tonight with the Godmother. They'll be like, no, with, the, yeah. with, oh shit. With the God, you're recording with the Godmother. I'm changing my name. Dude, I would. I would make I'm it like have, your first name. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make people start calling me that. Hmm. Yeah. I would, I would. Hmm. So what have you been up to? Dude? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Um, just moving into this new place, uh, working. I got a promotion. I got a job that I really, really wanted for years. I've always wanted to be an instructional designer. Uh-huh. Uh, a position opened up and I got it. Dude, so, congratulations. Gore. Thank you. And yeah, just living the life. Me and Tawny took a month off. Oh my God. I miss her. Like, bad. <laughs> I, I like message her. I miss her so much. Um, we will be like back next month, mm. but she was traveling. I was moving. And so we just, I went sense. to Malaysia for work. How was that? Um, that was, uh, so I didn't like it, but <laughs> I want to say I did love so uh, in that previous life i uh -huh. was a corporate trainer okay and so uh my class i loved the people that i taught that were over there in that class were so freaking amazing and so that was a great experience but um the 30 hour travel the the food Mm. the um, it's just like the it, everything was making me sick oh really and so i went to i went on this period of time for about a week and a half where i ate one meal a day it, it, i also worked the midnight shift 
So I would get off at 6 a.m. I would go have breakfast at the restaurant there at the hotel. Uh-huh. And then I'd go to bed, get up, go back to work, then have breakfast. And that's all I did because I knew like the eggs, the croissant, you know, uh-huh. this is not. Oh, wow. Sick. What was that? A, a croissant? How you say that? Croissant. A croissant. <laughs> yes. Uh, and tea. So it was just, it was rough on me. It was rough on me. How long were you there? Uh, I was there for about a week and a half because and, it takes two days to travel there. So Okay. And you were working six to six? I was working, um, it was 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Ugh. That sounds terrible. Yeah. The class was, the people were so great that it like was really engaging. So that, thank God. Because if they were just like super quiet, you know, Mm -hmm. that would have been like rough. Uh, So they were great, but I didn't have to go back. Someone else went and they were excited to go, which is great. And I got that new role. So yeah. Congratulations. I'm happy that you're so happy. I think everybody should be this happy with what they do. Yes. You know, I worked for years and years and always felt like my day job, my Mm -hmm. day job is getting in the way of all the good stuff in life. Yeah. And then, um, I got this job and I absolutely love it. Wanted to do it for a long time. So now I'm excited to do my day job and excited to do all the other stuff that I do, you know. That's good. Is so this is what your goal has always been, right? Is to do this. What is it? Corporate, what do you call it? Corporate designer? Uh instructional designer. Instructional design. That's a serious title you got, dude. Senior instructional. Oh, designer. wow. Thank you. I would almost <laughs> say that is reminiscent of Godmother. I agree. Mm. I agree. I might change my like Slack name at work. Dude, you should. You should definitely do that. I don't know what Slack is, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> it's like a messaging. Uh, anyway. We use Microsoft Teams. I don't know if is it like that. Oh yeah. It's like it's like that. Okay. Yeah. Slack. Well, sounds cooler. Yeah, I can't believe you don't know what Slack is. No. I okay. work for a big corporation, so we everything is Microsoft. Okay. Gotcha. They won't go away from it. Everything. At one point, they had us using Windows phones. Have you ever used a Windows phone? No. It's the biggest piece of dog shit you could ever use. It was so bad. Like, the high-ups were, like, complaining about how shitty it was, and they switched back to Apple. Windows phones? Dude, this thing. I didn't this, even know that that existed. Dude, it was such a turd. It was, like, this big, and the whole thing was plastic. <laughs> And it was terrible. And like no apps ever, like you couldn't get an app for it. So you like all the apps were beta. So like they were all like the bait cause they oh, were like God. developing them for this new platform and like nothing worked. Like it was a disaster, but they, they wised oh, up no. and went back to Apple. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. Thank goodness. They were fueling that demon of a company too. I remember back in the day, my favorite phone, probably my favorite phone I've ever had. I do love my Apple phone, but is was my BlackBerry. The CrackBerry. I, I never had one. Yeah. That's a good show, too. There was a movie about it. What's it? It's called BlackBerry? Yeah. I'm going to find a picture of a Windows phone to show it to you. Just I feel like, you know, <laughs> you haven't lived until you've seen a Windows phone. I'm going to start glitching real bad, so don't be alarmed if I start shaking and stuff. Okay. Erica says I glitch dance when I pull up stuff on the Google. Am I shaking yet? 
No, you you do seem a little different though. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I get that a lot actually. <laughs> All right, so here I think this is going to be the best picture. Let me see. Uh, window. Window. What is this? Nope. Don't want that. Um, pictures this is great content, Josh. Um, I, mean, I can't get what like a good go- picture. What do you got going on in your ears? This is cool. This looks like a hearing aid. Oh, it's my in-ear monitor. So I used to wear the over-ear headphones, and because of my hat and my glasses, it made my ears, like, go numb, and they hurt. I like this. So I switched to the monitors. Yeah, they're not very expensive, and they work really well. Seth makes fun of me. He says it's my CIA uh, (laughs) headset. Okay, let's see. Share screen. You think I'd know how to do this since I record so much, huh? This is very uh, Joe Rogan. I know I'm trying, except he would have Jamie just pull it up, right? So here we'll screen. Yeah. Da 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 da. I'll even share my sound with you, and I don't have any sound. All right. So can you see this Windows phone right here? Yes. Look okay. at this piece of shit. Oh. So this looks like a phone for like a, a child. Dude, it sucks so hard. Like there were there was no like home screen. You know, on your Apple phone, you have like a home screen. Yeah. You would have these shitty tiles and everything. <laughs> Like, you would hit this window button right here, and it would bring you back to these shitty tiles. So, like, you would, this is, I don't know what language this is in, and I'm not going to put myself out there to show what an f- ignorant hillbilly I am and pretend I know, but, like, it would have, like, your, e- like, Outlook would be here, and, like, your text messages would be here, and, like, Facebook beta version would be here. It was the biggest turd. Yeah, Windows phone. There you go. No. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I know. Riveting. You're probably like, God, I didn't know I was going to get on here to listen to him complain about his work phone. And his <laughs> no, free, his people at home are like, this guy probably doesn't pay for his phone, which I don't. Uh, and he's on here bitching about it. Like, yes, I am. Okay. I mean, that was a pretty bad phone. Dude, it was the worst. It was the worst phone ever. Yeah. Dude. So you got any funny <laughs> stories about your new neighbors yet? No. That's a bummer. No, we just met them that one time and. And then, well, we met them mm-hmm. and then we went and had dinner, mm. but no, no, no. We've only been here for a couple of weeks. Anyway. Gotcha. So do you have a new, this is the studio you're in now? What's, what do you got mm-hmm. going on here? This is a room. So, hi. <laughs> so there's all open. Um, I lost my studio mm. because one less room so this room is actually a joint office my husband has a desk right over there is he sitting at it right now no 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 because it's nighttime when he's working he sits right there okay and then i could look out into like i could see my kids over there eating (laughs) and there's like a living room nice so it's uh it is a nice space it's nice working with him um it's working out really well but this is the first time I'm recording in this space. I had okay. the little one leave the living room and go into a room because I figured it'd be too loud. So hopefully let me know just so I know if it's I haven't heard loud. I haven't heard anyone. And if they want to resume their normal daily activities, I'm okay with it. They won't bother me. I live in a house. I live in a chaos filled house. Yeah, well, my only other option was like in my bedroom recording. It'd been boring. Whatever you're into, dog. I mean, but it I might like, be a little OnlyFans. Like it might be a little weird, but. OnlyFans. Totally got to get into this. Okay. <laughs> totally. Oh, I'm Saw excited. the show. 
Okay, let's. Uh, we're going there already. I'm only two yeah. drinks in, but let's do it. Where this woman was making millions mm. on pictures of her feet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is a no-brainer. I mean, like, why? It, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I was seriously considering, like, what can we show that's not like you know, I don't want to be a porn star well like what take pictures of my feet yes or like like this is easy and i don't even feel violated or anything and share it my kids wouldn't be embarrassed well they'd probably be embarrassed if i sold pictures of my feet but millions of dollars they wouldn't be embarrassed if i'm making millions of dollars a month they'd be they like, wouldn't do it why do they even need to know where the money's coming from though when you think about mm-hmm. it right like it's you're it's right like, you're not gonna put your face or anything on there right it's just gonna be your feet yeah i mean I'm not in defeat, but hell, if people are and willing no. to make pay millions. I mean, overall, I mean, I mean, this is very enticing, dude. Why wouldn't you? Like, my feet are disgusting. Like, people would like pay me to not show my feet. Probably, like, I feel like the only way I could get money for my feet is it would be people paying me to take my feet off of the internet, right? Like, so I would just have to flood it with pictures of my feet, and then people would be like, "Okay, we'll give you." seven dollars a month to never show your feet again right so i'm like yes perfect you're paying me to not work that's like the american dream at this point right pay me to not work please um i'm kidding everybody everybody calm down um but yeah so like i'm trying to get abby to do it but dude, abby's got some like cave woman feet like i don't know she she would have a niche audience <laughs> that's the thing though you know like people are into this thing okay Years ago, before I met my husband, after I got divorced, for a very hot second, I did. Uh, I tried online dating. Mm. At the time, I was a single mom, and I'm super wicked paranoid. So I was very scared to do it. But then, you know, I had a friend who met someone. I was like, okay, maybe I'll try. Just scared because predators, mm, you know. Right. In my world, they're everywhere. My husband's like, your outlook on the world is like, <laughs> it's very, very negative. I'm like, no, I think they're everywhere. I think they are too. I have this guy write me and like on the little app and we were talking back and forth for just like not very long. It's just like this day. And then he asked if this is not bad, but he asked, do you like bracelets? Oh, I I love bracelets. This is my favorite jewelry bracelets. I love it. He goes, do you stack your bracelets? I'm like, what does that even mean? Do I stack my bracelets? He's like, you know, like wear multiple bracelets. And I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) Such a weird question. Yes, I do. Would you send me pictures of you stacking your bracelet, like of stacked bracelets? I, he goes, I'm hopefully you're okay with this, but it's a fetish of mine. Stacked bracelets. Now just my arm with bracelets, not a big deal. Right. Fucking creepy though. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not into it. Now I'm like, well, shit, I'll take pictures of my arm with multiple bracelets and people are going to make millions of dollars Dude, for you it. You missed a prime opportunity. You could have been the godmother of stacked <laughs> bracelets, uh, only fans. I could have, it just wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. Like but, I don't, it wasn't like. That's true. But podcasting wasn't a thing either. And somebody, you know, yeah. I think Norm McDonald or somebody was one of, or was that, is that right? Or the other guy, uh, Adam, Adam from the man show. What's his name? Adam Carolla. Oh, 
What? Yeah, he's the podfather. Podfather. But dude, the stuff people will pay for, it's mostly men, I think, because men are gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> women selling their underwear on OnlyFans. Yeah. They will. The, the crazy thing to me is, Abby was telling me that men will send the underwear that they want the girl to wear. So not only do the girls not have to buy the underwear, like the man sent, hey, these are the underwear that I want you to wear and send back to me, right? So, dude, you have no... Do they pay for postage too? Like if there's like... I bet you could talk them into it. Yeah. Dude, you have no expenses. It's the only thing is they have your DNA, maybe, you know. Mm, Really? Do you think they could, could get it out of there? Well, I don't think extracting DNA is like... Everyone can do it, but I think as someone who does do DNA stuff, like the FBI could, I'm sure. But I mean, it's just a normal person. I just imagining this person <laughs> in their basement that has learned DNA extraction mm. from YouTube, sending yeah. out these panties. But what are they going to do with the DNA? <laughs> Place it places. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this question. Okay, this is getting this is a deep dive. Okay. Do you think that the men want these underwear to like smell them or do you think yes. they are going to wear them? Yes. Both. I think it could be both or either or. Depends on what they're into. Yeah. So if okay, let's say you <laughs> let's say you <laughs> let's say you decided to do this, okay? The okay. Uh, godmother of um training design of you know, for whatever reason, like this doesn't uh, make me happy anymore. I want to sell my underwear on OnlyFans. So you decide to do this and this person sends you the underwear, right? But they're clearly not the size that you would wear. They're like a large man's underwear. That's a pretty good indication that he's going to be wearing them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's clever. Look at you, investigator. This whole thing, I find this entire thing fascinating. And to be honest, and I say this because I am not one and I could never be one, but like if I were an attractive woman, there's a lot of money. I mean, I'm a businessman, okay? There's a lot of money to be had. And you're telling me I can literally sit around, not shower, and watch Stranger Things on Netflix all day and get basically paid? Yeah, you mean if your wife is selling her panties? Well, no, I am the woman. I would be wearing them. Oh, like I'm, you're I'm, the woman, yes. Yeah, or listen, here's the thing. Maybe I got a client, right? Like I got one, I got a dirty dog client. This dude likes some stinky, okay? Like he wants like out of the gym underwear, okay? But then maybe I have another client that he's like a little more, um, you know, he doesn't want them real, but he just wants like a, a, a hint, right? He's like, I want a hint. <laughs> I want to hint Like, just it. put them on and take them off, like, real fast? Yeah. Like, so maybe I would, like, layer them up, right? So I would figure out which clients were dirty and which ones were, like, kind of, like, just getting into the game, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you first start drinking, you don't go straight to the heavy tequila, right? You start with, like, a Heineken. So I got to figure out which clients are, like, full-fledged alcoholics and which ones are just starting to dip their toe in the water. And then I could layer them, right? So I would layer them nasty up front, and then just keep putting them on, right? With the outer layer being the ones that just want a faint hit. 
I'll put on some joggers, you know, like some trash bag joggers that hold all the sweat in. And I'll go out and I'll run a mile, listen to a podcast or something, right? Run for a while, get them, you know, nice and marinated. Come home, hang them all up. I can have like eight of them right there. Boom. Send them out. I'm done. I'm done working for the month. That is... That is a business plan. See, dude, I'm telling you. so smart. What do you think? I think that's a really, really good uh, business plan. I mean, you're just, depending how much you're making, this is incredible. See, I could even start like a box service where you like, they just show up every month. (gasps) Oh my God. That's even better. And you can have, yeah, because you can easily... Because even with that, what you just mentioned about the joggers and running, you could get them all very at a place where (laughs) it works for a bunch of really dedicated people. Uh, See? Why don't you do that? So Mm. you could even like, well, you don't want to use other people's pictures. AI, you can create a fake woman you're the one wearing the panties <laughs> i don't know i feel like they would get them and they would know right they'd be like Ooh. well I guess, right, right. <laughs> like uh this smells this smells like my underwear <laughs> <laughs> i guess you're right right or maybe they wouldn't work no i think maybe maybe or, we smell differently <laughs> maybe they'll like it they'll be like i didn't know this about myself yeah. See? But then they, they can wear their own underwear and smell it. And this wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't, I'd lose clientele at that point. So that'd be a bad idea. I told Abby we need to get her, because you know she's like a teacher, right? I'm like, the people would be into that. Because like you're this like nice teacher, but then you do this like bad thing on the side, right? Like you'd have a huge market, right? And she's like, I'm not yeah. doing it. Stop bringing it up. I'm like, you wouldn't <laughs> even have to wear them, dude. We'll just go to the store. Okay. We'll get some cans of tuna. Okay, I know. Hang in there. Hang in there with me, okay? Okay. We'll figure out how to blend it up with different, you know, um, essential oils and, like, stuff and get, like, fla- like, flavors, like, flavors going, right? And, like, this is, like, uh, fresh out of the gym, just did some deadlifts, right? Yeah. This scent is, had a bad day. Kids were assholes. Like, this, right? So like, and then you can just yeah. send them off with like aroma, right? And you don't have to do anything. I will be the mixologist. I will come up with all of these scents for you. And all you have to do is be yeah. the face of the company. You could have them prepackaged, like air sealed. So See? you just have stored, just have them stored in your pantry or whatever. See? Probably not your pantry, but, and then I, just, you never know. What does this person want? Boom. I have the stock. Mail it off. See? She's put, we could be multimillionaires right now. And because of her negativity toward this business plan, it's, it mm. hasn't taken off. Yeah. Well, why can't you use like AI pictures? I'm talking about same mm. type of idea that there's this woman yes. who is a teacher and does this, you know, secret side. If you're just buying this stuff and mixing it anyways. I feel like I was lying. <laughs> You know, I don't want to, I don't want to run a too shady of a business deal here. Okay. All right. Well, 
then you're shit out of luck. I, I think, think I am. I, maybe we should go yeah. back to the feet thing, you know. But I do find it fascinating <laughs> that people are willing to spend so much money. And the other thing is, I was reading this article the other day where it was like there are teachers that are like teaching during the day, and then they have like an OnlyFans account, and they're like making a ton of money on OnlyFans, and like the schools are finding out, and they're firing these people. And I'm like, it's probably the kids' dads that are subscribing to this OnlyFans, right? Like, why is yeah. she in trouble for this? Like, it, it should be the dads that are getting in trouble, not her. Yeah. You don't agree. You look like you want to, like, you don't no. agree with what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I d- Oops. Sorry, hold on. My light went off. It's okay. okay. I do agree. It just a bunch of thoughts went into my head. Well, let, let them out. Because I think it's the same, like, right? I was wondering, I was wondering if there's some sort of, thing in in the new employee handbook for teachers because mm. same thing if you like say posed yeah for a nudie magazine in the past or if you were a stripper or any of that even if you didn't bring not even if most of these women I, I don't know them all or any of them actually but I don't I imagine they come in and they're they're a good teacher and they're a teacher and then they just do this at night and they're not telling the kids in the class about their other thing that they do so why does it matter but yeah you're fired I wonder if there's like a something in the employee contract that you can't be engaged in this type of stuff I don't know but I feel like in the age that we're in now with in and rightfully so like equality and like my work um preaches you know we want you to be yourself at work and we want you to um, be happy at work and you know everybody's different they're all about individuality now and they preach this stuff right well how can you preach that stuff and then you find out that i got only fans and i'm showing my butthole to people for money and then you get mad at me i'm like hey man this is me <laughs> yeah this would be another money maker i don't know so... I've never seen it back there, but I'd imagine it's not something I people think, want to pay I for. I think, I think it is. I think there, I think whatever you can think of, dude, I just I listened to this true crime story. Long story short, mm-hmm. the, the dad was into wearing women's lingerie, wearing okay. a diaper, defecating in the diaper and eating it. And he would record himself doing that. This is what he was into. His own? Mm-hmm. not that it's okay to eat other people's like i made that sound very weird like i'm like <laughs> i would never eat mine but you know depending on how they look uh yuck so i mean i'm just saying i think there is a place for everyone do you think that humans have always been this weird and um trying to be nice excuse me i just burped that's gross right how dare i, didn't I come hear it though podcast. all i heard was <laughs> yeah, my microphone cuts it out for me so honestly our microphones you got to pay that electric bill felicia um, no i don't know why this light <laughs> keeps going off do you I think we've think. always been this um nasty and it's just like now it's coming out more people feel more open to doing it um in public or like that they're okay, like talking about it? Or do you think this is like a new um, evolution in humanity? Hmm, I think maybe a little bit of both, because if you think back, humans have always been pretty disgusting. So if you think back of beheadings 
and everybody going around watching the beheading going, yeah, 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 motherfucker. I'm sure they weren't saying that, but I'm just imagining these people throwing rotten lettuce and like, yeah, hang these people. Yeah. You know, we've always been like sickly deranged. And now who knows what they were doing? Oh, think of the torture devices in, in the old castles. Okay. The horrible torture shit they would do. Like That's true. putting people on triangles with a point and like, just think of all the crazy shit. Okay. And who knows what else they were doing? Maybe they were eating their own feces and we just don't know. There wasn't social media. They weren't able to take pictures, photograph and all that. Mm. So now fast forward now. Yes. People are still doing that stuff. It's illegal. Well, I guess not eating your own poop isn't but like you can't torture people this is not okay and so and now people have devices and uh -huh. cameras and and they're documenting it and it's getting out because like this guy took pictures for himself his kid found it confronted him with it and he killed his kid oh. so this is this this is the story so he didn't want people to find it, but I guess he wanted to use it later for his own pleasure. Ugh. Like he was watching himself eat his own feces? Why else would you take pictures of yourself doing something like that? Well, generally, I think people take pictures of things to share with other people, I guess. Well, that's just me thinking of, as a millennial, like what people do today, but I guess... Why would you take pictures? Like, Jeff, we, we did, as a matter of fact... Um, if you want to hear a great episode on the Jeffrey Dahmer series, Felicia and I uh, dug into that a while. That might have been the last time we recorded together, actually. But, um, yeah, go listen to that. We did a great job. Not to pat myself on the back or you on the back, but we did a great job. Go listen to the uh, Dahmer series that we went over. But I don't know. I, he took pictures of all his victims, I guess, to remember. But I guess if you were going to continuously eat your own feces, you would remember because you would taste shit all the time, right? I think, it, oh, so gross. <laughs> yeah, but it's looking at that image. I think they're turned on by it. I agree with you. I think a lot of what people do is something that, like, gets them off almost, right? Mm -hmm. Look, you're like, my daughter's eating mm -hmm. chicken nuggets, and I'm talking about, what is that thumbs down? I don't know why I did that. I think because I was sitting like this, and it, oh. see? Whoa. I you... don't know. Dude, you got I was doing one? something. I was talking and I'm very expressive with my hands and like all of these balloons popped up on one meeting. Well, you got one earlier. It was a thumbs up. And I thought that I had like sent the meeting invite out to it because I have done this. I will send the meeting invite out to like, because I'll type in your name. But like if I had sent you something in a group email before, sometimes it'll pull up everybody. So I thought maybe I sent it to the HMC and friends email and like Mark or somebody's on here messing with us. So I thought like he was like doing a thumbs up. So I actually went down to participants to see who was in the room with us. And it was like, just you and me. So I was like, well, that's where maybe she was really proud of her thought. And she gave herself a thumbs up. Right. <laughs> I think it's this new update on zoom where it notices your hands. Now it's not doing it now, but I was in a meeting with one of my coworkers and yeah. he was sitting like this. Like oh, holding yeah? his arm and the thumbs up kept going. Mm. <laughs> anyways, anyways. That's interesting. I had a thought, but I forgot what it was. What were we talking about? Do you remember? Yeah, the guy that was eating his own poop. Mm. So you think humans have always been this gross. Mm -hmm. And here's my thought on it. I feel like 
up until I don't know, I don't know a decade. I'm not going to throw it out there and have people because people love to give me shit on YouTube comments and on Instagram. Like they will, they feel such a part of the show, which I appreciate. It's fine that they will write me long winded messages about shit that I've said. And they'll really? be like, oh yeah, it's fascinating. I love it. I love it. And I engage with every one of them. I'm not this Joe Rogan guy. Look how bad my hair is today. That's actually why I threw the hat on. I'm not this Joe Rogan guy that's like, don't read the comments. I'm reading them, bitches, and I'm going to respond to you because if you're ignorant, I'm going to let you know it, okay? So, for instance, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. Anyway, I feel like people were, I don't want to say allowed, but for I, I'm four drinks in now, so I'm going to say allowed, allowed to express bad traits and qualities throughout history up until not that long ago time period, right? Where we're like, okay, these sorts of things are terrible, right? Like, say what you want. We have come a long way. We have a long way to go. I agree, but we have come a long way, right? And we have demonized certain activities. And I think we went through a certain period of time where people with, we didn't have the internet and you couldn't share all these things online like people do now. Right. So there was this like quiet period. Right. So there weren't lynchings and there weren't people being tortured and there weren't like people shitting out of a window into the street cause they didn't have sewers. Right. But like now we have the internet and it's like, you have these little like weird crevices of the world where all of these people like find each other. <laughs> like, and like we're again, and I think it's a good thing, right? Like not that, but like, it's a good thing that like we are open-minded about things now more so than probably ever before, but it's getting to the point where there's some really weird shit that's becoming normalized. Does that make yes. any sense? Yes. I think you might, I think there were probably still lynchings. So I think we might be able to remove that piece. <laughs> um, what was else did you mention within that? You're like, there's this quiet period of time where well, no, I mean, none of these things happened. None of them didn't happen, but like they weren't happening like, you know, every no Friday. One, yeah. Well, uh, this is great. This is sorry that my light keeps turning on and off. I'm not upset. Um, I would say, uh, that they might have been happening every Friday. Maybe what you're saying is that no one knew, right? Outside of maybe a small. Oh, yes. Hold on a second. No, you're good. Maybe. No, I agree with you. I. It wasn't as outside of a small town. A town, right? Yes. Yes. I guess that's what. Not that it wasn't happening, but it wasn't like in your face twenty four seven. Yes. Yes, I I agree with that. And now it is. And now we do. Yeah, I agree with you have this thing with the internet and everything where these people with a whole start way back when when it was just chat rooms, right? That's all you had. Yes. We're, oh, I am a sicko. So am I. Now, what made <laughs> me giggle, though, is when you were like, you know, we're much more accepting now, but we're talking about like people eating each other. I mean, I get it's not illegal. You can eat your own feces. That's totally fine. Um, uh, I mean, I guess it's not illegal. 
So, yeah, and I then mean, you find it, a it whole chat be. group of people that are like, oh, I love eating feces too. <laughs> and they're all doing their thing. Is that sort of really deranged though? And like now you yeah. have all these deranged people feeding off each other, or is that not nice of me to say that that's deranged? No, I mean, it's a little insensitive, but I'll let, I'm willing to let it slide okay. on here. Um, and I want to go back because now I feel like I was being insensitive. Here, what I meant was <laughs> like, if you were into like BDSM or something, right? Like you like somebody to like beat you or something like you went to yeah. a club for that. Right. Like, and, you, and yes. you didn't like tell the people you worked with. Right. Like that, it's not something you would like throw out on the internet. Right. Um, if you right. didn't like a certain segment of the population based on something that you don't agree with or you don't like about them, you wouldn't just throw it up on Twitter. Right. Yes. Yes. That is what I'm not that it wasn't happening, but that like it was a quiet period in the sense that like it was, we didn't like you can get on, I can get on Twitter right now and find 57 racist comments in 30 seconds. Yes. But now we're in a spot where you're just so in your face. And I feel like it's giving an avenue for these like fetishes and again, things that you wouldn't like, like maybe like you and your wife knew that you were into this and like you guys did it at home in your bedroom. But now it's like you have an entire Instagram page dedicated to that, right? You have, uh, appropriately or <clears throat> successfully uh-huh. explained yourself. Okay, I well, agree. I just, I, I can I see how no. I, what I said was yeah. like, I'm this ignorant <laughs> person that's like, it wasn't even happening. <laughs> what are these I just people? thought the, the lynching piece was an interesting addition, but I get what you're saying. If you were a part of the KKK, this was a secret. Yes. Society. You had secret meetings you know, it, with it. Yes. Or if you were into bondage, this was also something you kept secret mm. where now we could probably say, yeah, you know, like I'm in to bondage. I like when someone beats me up, I don't, but I'm just saying I right. could say it and people would be like, Oh, okay. That's just, and now KKK people are just blah, 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 everywhere, <laughs> you know, spreading their stuff. So you're right. People are just out there sharing their stuff. And I, I changed, I was going to say how deranged they are. Cause I ended with the KKK, but then oh, I didn't yeah. want people who are into bondage. Cause that that's, you know, I, I'm not against that. You know, do your thing as long as no one's getting hurt. And I think that's the biggest difference. If I like someone smacking me around mm-hmm. during sex, yes. that's one thing. Um, but uh, spreading hate against a group mm-hmm. um, is that's hurtful towards yes others so i think that's the difference but anyways i digress i agree with you okay i'm glad i could (laughs) i could tell by your face i didn't explain it very well because you were like what the fuck is he talking talking about about? how much how much of that beam is left in that bottle that he's drinking yeah you know back in the day there was a quiet period where nothing bad was happening and then the internet came and bad things started to happen again I was like, what? No, I didn't Are mean that it wasn't about? happening. I meant like that, like, like, you know what I mean? You know, I heard, I'm not going to get done. You're, you're trying. No, you did it. You did perfect. You explained what you meant. And <sighs> I get you. Just I lost about you. half of our five listeners. That's all right. 
<laughs> Do you need another cocktail? Still with us. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have any more. I can wait if you want to make one. No, I feel bad. I know it's late for you. It's not. It's ten fourteen. <laughs> it's not late. It's up to you. Yeah, you, you don't don't want... Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, all right. Oh, no, I, I won't do it. Yes, what? I'll do it. I'll be back. Okay, I'll be right here. I just you are worth myself. the wait. Uh, that's what I said. I said you are worth the wait. Sometimes the things that just flow out of my mouth are poet poetry. Not usually. Usually they're very ignorant, and I have to explain myself multiple <laughs> times before. Sometimes you know. Here's the thing. I've been married. Uh, I mean, I've been married since 2010. So what? That's like 14 years. Um, wow. Thank you. Thank you. I love her very much. She's my favorite person. Um, Aww. I'm only saying that because she's like directly above me. And I'm hoping that she hears me here. Let me text her real quick and see if she hear, heard me. Hey, did you, you hear You should have like the noise. Ma- I always tell Tony this. The noisemakers like right at that moment, you could have had like an audience going, oh, you know what Ooh, I'm talking I could about. add that. Like Howard Stern has and. That's the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I mean, Howard Stern is the guy. He is the man. He has the, you know, the noises. Actually, I would show you this, but then I have to fix my camera. I don't want to do it. I actually have pads on the new mixer here that I can add sounds to, which I'm looking at doing in 2024. Um, maybe that'll be one of them. The one I always do incorrectly and Tawny has to correct me uh that I think we would use often is like when you're at a game or something is like wow 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 like oh, she yes. does it perfectly I do it wrong but it always cracks me that. up when I'm listening and that happens because it happens frequently and <laughs> um I gotta be honest I think she's being a little uh mean to you when this happens because I don't feel like you're um, siren is that bad, but she makes it a point to let you know that her siren is just a little bit better than yours. Much better. <laughs> mm, I wouldn't say much. I would say on a scale of one to 10, yours is a solid eight and hers is, I don't know, maybe a nine or so. Okay. Oh, geez. I didn't realize that. I'll just keep doing it then. Here, as I said, did you hear the great things I just said about you? She said, when I said just now, she said, nope, listening. So she's watching sons of anarchy for the 17th time. Oh, Oh, Charlie Hunnam. She loves him. She says, nope, listening to Jax kill this poor Chinese guy because Gemma is a stupid cunt. Yeah. Oh, I love your wife. She's the best. That, like, is an excellent comment. And she likes Sons of Anarchy and she likes Charlie Hunnam. She do. I feel she like do. we would be friends if we lived near each other. We would definitely hang out. We'd probably drink way too much. We would get into very yeah. loud so conversations. Um, I need to move out where you're at. You should, de- dude. Ohio is the best because we could have a piece of land. That's what we really, really want. Is a you piece just of, sounded just very, very um, like nineteen nineteens. Like we could get us. We should move to Ohio. <laughs> get us a little plot of land. Build a house. <laughs> Family grew up real good. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I want. Like Billy Bob and Sling Blade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this is what we want. Is it really? Yes, so bad. We'd love just like a nice piece of land. Yes. That's, you know, it's just our own little piece. It's our own little sanctuary and life is nice and relaxed and just, I just have this picture in my mind. That's a perfect segue into what I was just thinking about because of what you said. So really this is all because of you. So thank you. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think... (laughs) That Abby and I had this conversation the other night at dinner. 
So, like, we were talking about, like, our grandparents and how they, like, canned food. They, like, grew their – this fucking microphone. Put it right there. So they would, like, grow their own food, and they would all, like, get together and, like, can food for, like, when it got cold and they didn't have their own gardens and stuff, right? They didn't have Aldi that they could run down to and buy produce that came from China like we do, right? So, like, they would can all this stuff for the winter. And it was like an it was like an event, right? And – I made the comment. I was like, and people don't do that anymore. Like, when did it, when, who cans food anymore? Like, nobody does that. Like, but she was like, actually, I follow, of course, she's like this hippie, right? She's like, I follow these, this group on, and I'm like, I'm seeing a trend now because I think people are finally realizing how terrible the food is that we eat. And this yeah. is kind of stemmed from this podcast. I think I sent all you guys this podcast. It was Gary Brecca on Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience. And he was talking about, like, the way our food is made and, like, the sorts of things they do to our food and how there's certain foods we should, like, completely stay away from. It's banned in other countries. And Abby and I got in this conversation about how we've noticed that, like, people our age are starting to, like, have their own gardens. And she says this. I didn't realize it. But people are, like, canning their own foods and, like, trying to stay away from, like, the pro- – even, like, the produce has, is, like, full of pesticides and even some of the organic stuff is, I guess, not that great for you either, even if you buy it that way. Um, but that, your plot of land, the, the whole thing with the plot of land, it would be ours and yada, yada. Like, it made me think, like, are we going to get back to that? Like, to where people are, like, becoming more self-sufficient, like, with their own lives? Or do you think we're going to be moving the opposite direction like we have? My personal feeling is that, I see people moving more toward being self-sufficient, having gardens and like looking at big pharma and the big grocery complex and that kind of thing. And realizing that we probably let this thing get out of hand. I think unfortunately that the vast majority will not move towards that. I do agree that more are moving towards this growing your own food, canning, self-sustaining sort of thing, but it won't be the vast majority either because um, they can't afford it. I mean, farming is not cheap Mm -hmm. or, you know, even just growing your own little garden or canning, you have to learn how to do it. You have to invest in that. Um, So either for that reason uh, and convenience. I think convenience is still king 100%. Mm-hmm. But I think there are more people that are realizing that for sure. And I like that you brought this up because that's the whole reason we want our own little like plot of land and this piece. If you think about it, there is this huge, and if I've talked about this on your podcast before, just tell me to zip it up. No way, dude. But Okay. There is this huge movement, right? If people, you got to meditate, you yoga, hot yoga, this kind of yoga. I'm going to rush in and do yoga after work. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And like, ah, and it's because people are trying to find that peace mm-hmm. in an environment that is fighting against it daily, especially if you live now, maybe not if you, I'm not sure like what, it, what it's like out where you live, but if you're living in someplace like New York or California, a big city, anything like that, where she's like, ah, but I know, actually I take that back because even if you live in a place that's beautiful, um, I get the feeling that your job is very high demand and it is like, go, go, go. And it's a lot of pressure and just a lot. 
And so people are wanting to find that peace. I really want to have a place that supports that peace. My environment is peaceful. It's not fighting against me. And that is really, really like what I'm looking for. And by the way, yoga, meditation, all of this stuff, I do these things and I think they're, they're absolute meditation, especially these are all wonderful things. Uh, I just think that people are craving them because the environments they're living in is fighting against that inner peace constantly and including food and food. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Food. I remember when I, um, I remember, I remember our daughters, I have daughters now, but when, um, all the daughter, all my kids were little and we're talking about puberty and stuff, but they were like little, mm-hmm. right. You have daughters too, like, you know, very little. And I'm like, what's going on? And the doctor's like, oh, just cut out milk and chicken. <laughs> Cause these are the things with the most antibiotics. Yeah. And then these symptoms will, will stop or will right. wane and, you know, come on. That was like my huge, I knew that food wasn't great, but that was my huge, like, oh my God, like this is terrible. Yeah. And it's only gotten worse, right? It's only gotten worse. Yeah. I, we, this house, I've always wanted a little garden. Yeah. I hope I let it live. But the woman who lived before me here, (laughs) sorry, I'm a little tipsy, but the woman who lived here before me, she has peppers, green peppers and red peppers in the back, artichokes um bell peppers and we're gonna grow some tomatoes i've always wanted like a little garden so hopefully i'm able to do it but anyways there's my ramble i wasn't a ramble and i don't know that you've talked about that on here before but i i again it goes hand in hand with what i was saying but i agree with you i feel like i feel like we're everything goes through these trends, right and like everything was pre-covid was like this hustle culture right like you only need three hours of sleep, like no days <laughs> off, get in the gym at four thirty, be at work at seven, work till twelve. The four hour work week. Yeah. Like like no you know the whole no days off, like this is hustle culture, right? Like if you hustle, want to go out and get which is great. Boss but, babe, boss yes. babe. I'm really like not a supporter of boss babe culture <laughs> because like I love a, a babe that's a boss, mm-hmm. but what was behind it was that hustle culture, that grinding, grinding. You're grinding yeah. while you're also raising a family and you're doing this, you're not sleeping, you're drinking caffeine. Right. Like and then drinking wine to go to bed and then caffeine in the morning and you're hustle, hustle. Yes. That's not sustainable. And I feel like we went through that COVID hit and everything just fucking shut down, dude. Everybody was yeah. like working from home or not working at all. Or, I mean, some people don't get me wrong. Some people's jobs really didn't change that much, I guess. Um, but for the vast majority of people, they were impacted heavily, right? Like I went from traveling three to four weeks out of the month to like a dead halt. Like I didn't travel for almost a year and a half, which it's crazy. Like my kids were like, when are you going back to work? Like get <laughs> out of here, which I was still working from home. Right. Like we got used to one week daddy. Yeah. Well, no, for real. Cause I, I would be home and like, even when, like before COVID, like if I took like a week off to do paperwork or get like expense reports or like end of month planning projections, budgets, all that crap done. Right. Like they would be like, they would know. Right. Cause like they're so used to like Abby runs the show. Like Abby runs the house, Abby does everything. And then like, I'm here. I'm like, well, why are we doing this? Let's do it this way. And they're like, when are you going back to work, dude? Like, yeah. Just stop. Like, who are you? 
Anyway, but like we hit had hit this hole, right? Where it was like everything just stopped. And I feel like people got more grounded with what was actually important. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yes. it's important to have a good job. It's important to make money. It's important to be financially responsible. That's very important things. But I also feel like this whole hustle culture thing was so predominant and everybody was like, sacrifice time with your kids now and they'll be happy later because you have all this money or you're able to give them this successful life. And it's like, when you sit back and think about it, it's like, I don't know that that's true. I don't think it's true. I don't believe it's true. But like, then you hit, we hit this wall where we're like, we weren't, we were forced to like, and the crazy, like a lot of my friends that were like our same age were getting divorced and stuff through COVID because I feel like they were forced to actually be with their significant other or their family. And it like rocked them to the core, right? Like, like this isn't, what we thought it was or maybe our relationship wasn't like we let our relationship stray because we were all about this hustle culture. And I think the people that came out of it came out of it much stronger. A lot of my, a a high percentage of my friends got divorced through this whole thing. Um, and then went to do other things, which I think is probably better for them. But like, I feel like now we're just now in 2023 going into 2024, getting back to like the full, like Pandora's box is open back up because like, I know for, at least for me, like my work is insane right now. And I feel like everybody I talk to is, is in the same boat. And I feel like we're getting back to that 2019, 2018, uh, work frame that we were in. And now you're seeing all this, like the, like you said, like the hot yogas, the yoga, the meditation, the, uh, grounding where like people are going out in the morning and standing in like on the earth and like standing in front of the sun for 10 minutes to get grounded with, with yes. the environment. Like, I feel like we're getting back into that, but I think we're being forced to because all that stress is coming back and all of that, Hey, work 60 hours a week is coming back. And it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And if we just automatically fall back into those roles that we were so used to doing prior to being halted with COVID, or if people start to think, you know, if that mindset changes to where they're like, you know what, it's not worth it to me for my mental health, for my physical health to be so stressed out all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think there is, um, there's this other level as well where we're seeing with employees, they were able, the ones who were able to make it through COVID now are like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so. I'm fine with not having this job Mm -hmm. to find something that supports me and supports my mental health. So there's this different demand on employers, which I think is great. And that's why I love working for the employer I work for because they're, they're very much all about your mental health and making sure you're taking that time. And so I think as far as the food though, the food and the canning and all this, this takes a lot of time and a lot of nurture. (laughs) Right. So as long as we are living in a world where the majority, you have to have this two income household, even if one person is making enough for two incomes, but that's how much things cost. It's going to be hard to totally transition to being self-sufficient to raising your own food and crops and all this sort of thing. I thought if I had a larger piece of land, I'd probably um, have a couple of hens where I'm able to get 
eggs, my own eggs. I thought of growing at least the things that we use all the time. Cilantro, onions, tomatoes, like these are things we're constantly going to the store. Limes, that's a tree, but not like you can't grow trees. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, <laughs> um, these things that we use all the time, uh, at least at the bare minimum. Um, but anyways, shoot. That's the problem with alcohol is I'm like, I had a point, but anyway, yeah, I think that that piece of it is going to be a little bit harder. Can I share with you my butter story really quick? Of course. I was very, very excited. (laughs) It was a few years back. I learned I could make my own butter with a mixer. I was obsessed (laughs) I was making butter, making so much butter. Yeah. And I had my butter and these big chunks of butter. I was like, honey, we I should sell butter. We can have different flavors. And I just remember we were like hanging out with some of our neighbors. We'd all been drinking. I remember all I was with all the wives. Steve was with all the husbands. I was like, I make my own butter. I'm like, oh my God, what? I'm like, watch. And I pull out my mixer and I'm making butter. <laughs> So this is exciting. If you haven't tried it, make some butter. It's very easy <laughs> and it's delicious. I don't, I don't know I don't, why I told you that story. I don't but... even know where to start to make butter, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So um, easy. Well, how do you make butter? Like run us through it. Oh, shoot. Okay. I think all you do, I totally forgot. Oh, no. I put you <laughs> on the spot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Let me tell you, I haven't made it in a long time, but I told my husband just recently um, we should make some butter. So I believe you are using the one thing I forgot. Wait, you're going to be blown away by these, by these instructions. I just need to <laughs> remember if I use just milk or heavy whipping cream mm. and all the butter users out there or, or butter users, butter makers are like, this is what you use. They're screaming the at you right now. Heavy cream. Okay. okay. This right. is all you do. Okay. You take heavy cream, like whatever however much you want a little salt if you want it salted you might not oh i want salted butter for sure and you mix it until it turns into butter that's it that's it that's it now let me ask you this because i have been look this way i have this vision that a lot of your listeners are gonna go oh shit they're gonna plug in they're gonna continue the episode and they're gonna be making butter Dude, here's the thing. Like, um, I love all my listeners, but I also am a very curious individual. And sometimes I feel like my personal interests may not always align with some of my listeners. So I feel like I can generally tell when the podcast goes off the rails based on the amount it's of right now that it gets. And again, I love all the listeners. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the episodes but I do this because I'm genuinely curious about certain things and I love conversation. That's why cocktails episodes are always my favorite. I consume a lot of butter and I have switched to grass fed butter. Okay. So you're telling me all I got to do is get some grass fed milk mm-hmm. and cream. I can make butter. Heavy cream. What's the difference between milk and heavy cream? It's like thicker. Why though? It's heavier and creamier. I can Google it. Are you shitting me? I asked you. I feel like I'm talking to Lucy right now. So I said, what is heavy cream? And you're like, well, it's just, you know, cream that's heavier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sorry. 
Sorry, listeners, I didn't mute that, but it's you probably okay. Felicia it. agreed to do this episode having bronchitis. So if they have a problem with you <laughs> coughing, they can just chill out, okay? Okay, so heavy cream has anywhere between 36% and 40% fat than milk. Okay. So that's the difference. Like a whole milk. You just, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, whole milk is about 4%. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, it was a full bottle, right? Um, look at I'm all I'm all verklempt. I'm all like I don't know what that means. Red. My sister does red. that, but only when she drinks vodka. Her uh, her face and chest break out like re- very very red when she drinks vodka. So she tries to stay away from it. I'm not breaking out and just. Well, warm. she doesn't break. I mean, I don't mean like she breaks out in hives, but like her <laughs> face. Uh, so we went to. Uh, so listen to this. We were bad bad people. We um, got this deal through Airbnb right at the height of COVID, right? It was like at the height of COVID. And uh, we get this Airbnb deal. Hang on, I'm making a cocktail. So we could stay in downtown Gatlinburg in a condo for like nothing. It was like ridiculous. So we're like, do we be good citizens and we stay home and lock down? Or do we just, you know, drop all the kids off at Nana's and go to Gatlinburg for the week? Yeah. We obviously went to Gatlinburg for the week or the story would be pointless. But my first story to be start, such a boring story. My first story to start off the, the episode was pretty bad. So like that could have been the end of the story. But anyway. <laughs> so we go down there, okay, at the height of COVID. Like we get there at night. It's a uh seven hour drive force, I think. So we drive down there and we get there and we're like we didn't realize, because again, we live out in the county. We're like hillbillies. We're out here, like there's a cornfield over there, cornfield over here. I got like a neighbor over here, but then the road's out front. So like we're pretty secluded, right? So we get down there, which is a big, you know, city. I wouldn't say it's a city, it's a town. So we get there and we're like, let's go out drinking. So we're like, great. It's the height of COVID, okay? So we get down there and we get to this little shitty bar. And they're like, do you have masks? And we're like, fuck. So they give us masks. You got to wear your mask. We're like, okay. So we get, we wear our masks. We get into the bar. We sit down at the table. And the guy's like, you can take your mask off now. Because <laughs> we were walking through this bar and we're like, nobody has a mask on. We're like, what the fuck? Are they messing with us? Right. But we get to the table and they're like, you can take your mask off now. So we're like, so we had to wear the mask to walk to the table. And he's like, yeah. It's like, okay. It's like 9.30, dude. So the waitress comes over. She's like, what do you guys want to drink? And we're like, we order our drinks. And we're like, uh, you have a food menu? And she's like, no, kitchen closed at 6. <laughs> like, what? Six? Like, yeah. Oh, because the COVID? COVID rules, right? You got to wear a mask through the bar, but not at your table. And you think we got to close the kitchen down at 6 because of COVID. Because mm. COVID really ramps up after 6 if you're eating. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get a drink. Um <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, does this make, does this make any sense to you? <laughs> right? So we're literally walking around like dick to butts down there. There's that many people down there. Cause all these deals, right? Like everybody's going down there because it's so cheap. And people are like, some people wear masks outside. Some people wear no masks outside. It's like, of course we were responsible. We wore our masks that we didn't bring outside. And, um, I don't even remember where the story's going. But anyway, we end up back at the condo. That was where I was going with this. The condo, yeah. We end up drinking a ton. And I was drinking Tito's at the time. And uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, she like her whole face was like <laughs> extreme. She looked like Red. yes, Red. she looked like Pennywise's balloon here. Hang on, I'm getting real close. We're gonna become real good friends here. So here's my Pennywise that Jess got me for oh. Christmas. Oh, she is allergic to the vodka. My sister's face was about that red. All you YouTube watchers. Uh, you have a nice view. <laughs> of the red balloon. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, That's her an, face. Another really. Oh, by the way, I just want to say that was a really good tie into the supposed topic of Stephen King for this Look episode. This. Look, for everybody on YouTube, watch. I'm about to make Pennywise float. What do you think? I think that's nice. That's good. I just needed a, a topic to throw on here. Like we haven't even talked about Steve. All we do is bitch about Stephen King. You know, I feel bad now that we bitched about. Are you on like a time constraint? Do you have to run soon? Or are you no. good? No, 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 no. So okay. I loved your story. Just wanted to let you know. I also, my husband, we didn't go to the city, but he um, during COVID uh, rented an Airbnb for us and the kids mm -hmm. out in Tucson, mm -hmm. beautiful, huge piece of land, very secluded. It was, it was a great way to get out of the house during COVID. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I meant to mute. Don't mute this. Let those coughs fly. Sorry, everybody. It's, it's a more um, real, you know, it sounds real, right? Yeah. It sounds like, cause if I don't cough, you don't know that I'm real. <laughs> I get it. Butter, go make your own butter. Um, also, you had mentioned that you have grass-fed butter. I have converted my whole family over to Country Karak vegan butter. It is olive oil-based. It is phenomenal. Okay. They, it's so buttery, Ooh. and um, everyone uses that now. Even my husband, who loves meat, loves grilling, loves all of that, he uses the butter. So there we go. That's Maybe they'll sponsor. Well, I would love to. I would love to get a sponsor. I've been trying to get a sponsor. Nobody wants to sponsor me. I'm assuming it's because the primary focus of this um, network is to joke about nipples, buttholes, and uh, penises. We have a lot of those jokes on here, and I don't know that we're really um, the kind of people that advertisers want to work with, which was which is fine. Um, I'm not upset about it at all. Maybe I am. Rizzo. Oh God. I didn't, I didn't even hear that. So Rizzo can keep doing whatever Rizzo's oh, doing. Yes, that makes me happy. Okay, good. I'm glad you came. No, you're good. Um, let me ask you, though, and I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but I did listen to this podcast. I, I think I sent you the link. I'll send it again because I would like for you to listen to it and give me your thoughts on it because I do value your opinion. Um, oh. Do you cook with the olive oil country crock? Sometimes. I have been led to believe that you should not cook with olive oil based products or olive oil because once it gets to a certain temperature when heated, it becomes rancid. You shouldn't cook with olive oil? No, no. You should cook with canola. Uh, no, not canola oil. You should cook with coconut oil or avocado oil. Okay. So what the fuck? Because I... I don't even know what to say. Like, how could... Okay. I recently went to the doctor mm -hmm. because my heart is doing like... I've been having some panic attacks. Oh, and no. then my heart was doing a weird thing where it would stop and then go, not stop. It like skip a beat. Yeah. So I went. I just sent it back. I was wearing this heart monitor, all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying this for is 
the doctor said to have a healthy heart, do not use coconut oil. And I was like, what? Really? I was using coconut oil. And she goes, no, no, think about this. When the coconut oil have you have coconut oil and olive oil side by side. Mm-hmm. When it's cold, what happens to the coconut oil? Like, oh, it gets all it's good it solid. It hardens up. The olive oil doesn't. She goes, that is what it's doing inside your heart and your arteries. So what's the truth? Interesting. I remember when I was little, yes. they said, don't eat eggs. No eggs, no eggs, no eggs, no eggs. It was like only three eggs, two eggs, one egg. Don't eat eggs. And now they're like, fucking eat all the eggs you want. Like, what is the actual truth? I don't know. I'm going to email Gary Brecca tomorrow and ask him this question. Yeah. Because he has led me as a flyer, a gnat or something. Actually, I think it's a piece of lint. He led me to believe that I should not be cooking with olive oil. I'm going to ask him and let him know what's up. Yeah, like, what's the truth? He olive oil is you really good for not... your skin. We put, well, actually, Charlotte has eczema and we use all, Abby uses olive oil and lavender on her skin and it clears it right up. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. What's the truth? I'm not a doctor, so I would definitely go with whatever your doctor said. However, I'm going to find, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Good. Hmm. Okay. That worries me a little bit. Anyway. so (laughs) I know. We don't know what to do. No, I know exactly what to do because I can't stop talking. I don't know. what. Sometimes I just can't help myself. So, Oh, I do cook some stuff with butter. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, the last thing I'll say. Yeah. I do cook some stuff like when my daughter wants like fried mm. noodles and butter. Mm. I fry it up with some butter. Butter noodles. Yeah, not like the olive oil butter, like but, but butter, butter. Anyways. Oh, and also I love some like baked goods that are buttery when you eat Ooh, them. Oh, me too. Okay. Anyway. Hmm. That was a good, I mean, it's fine. You're doing a great job. Here's my next question. So I feel like we shit all over Steve. The purpose of this, it wasn't even the purpose of it. We just needed a topic to have a reason to drink. Um, I viewed these cocktail episodes like me and a friend hanging out at a bar and we just like go wherever the conversation goes. And as the night goes on, generally the conversations get more interesting, right? Yeah, I never like really stress when we're going to do this because I had some talking points about Stephen King. Yeah. And I just knew I didn't know it would evolve into OnlyFans and butter making and all of this, but I knew it would evolve into something fantastic. You have here, let me, and I may be oversharing, but I'm prone to do that. Um, You have given me the um, urge to start doing cocktail episodes again. I stopped doing them because obviously I, so I felt terrible. Honestly, I need to, that Michael Myers mask looks terrible by the way, behind me over there on my, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Is it this one right here? Oh, you can't see my mouth. Sorry. Which one? But the one that's closest to you. Yes. It's so funny. It's so, I was going to ask you if this is like, like a, comedic mask here this one right yeah yes what that's the one i took on the so we had planned to do skits on the cabin trip right and so here's what happened the first year we did the cabin trip he's so happy i hate it like as i have to figure this out it's annoying me um so i took that mask with me so the one over here i always get these fucked up over here so that's the rob zombie one right 
That is from the newest movie, uh, Halloween Ends, and this is the original mask. This right here is my baby, by the way. This is the new one right here from the last Scream movie. That's the Billy Loomis. That's gorgeous. I love it, dude. I love it so much. Anyway, um, I took this shithole piece of shit with me to the cabin trip because we, this is the first year at the cabin. Look, I'm already stuttering and slurring my words. The first year at the cabin, we went Friday, Saturday, left Sunday. And we realized we did not have enough time to get done what we needed to do while we were there. So the year before last, we decided to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because it allowed us to get all the recordings done uh, and also have time to, like, relax and hang out, right? So this year, I'm like, fuck, we're going to be there Thursday through Sunday. Let's just, we should record some skits that we've been talking about getting into and evolving HMC Studios to, which is doing, like, horror skits, right? So we bring, like, eight masks. We have, like, all these ideas. And, of course, there's not enough time to do any of these ideas, right? Because we just recorded all the podcast episodes. So then we're sitting there, and I'm like, do we change the cabin trip to, like, a week? Like, do we go from two days to a week to get all this done? And we're all just like, eh. So that's going to be a hard sell to Abby. Like, hey, I got to use a week of vacation to go and hang out with my friends at this cabin and record all these skits to get like, I don't know, a couple hundred views on YouTube. <laughs> That's going to be a hard sell, right? Yeah. Easy sell if it's your full-time job. I feel the same way with like my husband and family. If you know, the podcast is my full-time job, yeah, then for sure. But since it's not, <laughs> it's hard sell. It'd be great if it were, although I have some good news for you because Seth and I were talking today. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of the people that we, I shouldn't say a lot, um, some of the people that we networked with when we first started are no longer doing podcasts anymore. They've kind of uh, stopped doing it. I'm assuming because of what we just talked about, how like work is starting to pick back up. Like not that it's starting to, but it's like almost where it was pre-pandemic when a lot of the podcasts started. But over the last two years, uh, there's been a 33% each year decline in the number of podcasts that have are still out there. So like the podcast, the number of podcasts are really declining, um, mm-hmm. which for us that are still around, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not looking for other people to stop their podcasts, but even statistically showing, what was it? We, Tani and I were constantly being told, I think at like the three year mark, the amount of podcasts that are still, maybe it was two years, but whatever, there is a year, some year mark the, the, hold on a second. (laughs) I was trying to maintain that cough, but I I started to like waver. Just cough through Um, it. There's a certain year mark. I don't remember if it was two or three where uh, it, dramatic dramatically dude dramatically is a new fucking word <laughs> that is a good word right okay i like it it dramatically declines yes people give up on their podcast so if we can just dude this next year is four years for us is it four years for you or more uh it'll be f- we're in season four so we'll start season five in january but we so kind of in cheated. january be five years you started in 2019 we st- no see here's the thing our first year was only half of a year mm. right because we started i think at the same time you guys did 
yeah, but you are like totally set up to keep going. Right. Uh, hopefully. I mean, like, what do you look at this background? <laughs> you got to keep hopefully. using it. Well, I mean, I like selfishly, I love doing this. Like I just enjoy conversation and I feel like if we hadn't made the friends that we made at the beginning of this, I don't know that we would have kept doing it as much as we do it. Like I really enjoy doing this because mm -hmm. of like networking with you guys and with um, the Elm Street guys, even though I make fun of them a lot. I do love those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm freaking going to one of their weddings next October. So I will be up there for that. Um, I might be too. We're, I'm bring, we're bringing the whole, I look, I'm like, I am bringing as the president of HMC studios, um, I am bringing the whole gang. So, uh, Seth and, uh, Jess and Erica, who is a, an HMC studios member, she, we are all going, so we will all be there. Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun, but like, you know, I still like network and talk to all these people. So it's like not only, I feel like if you were out there on an Island by yourself and you didn't have all these people to like kick ideas around with and collaborate with, I could see how you would like pull the plug on it. But mm. I feel like we have like our own that even though we're not a network, I feel like we have our own little network that we communicate with and kind of, you know, bitch and complain to each other. But like at the same time, it keeps everybody humble. Right. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. If there wasn't for the community, I don't know that Tony and I would keep doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Like we love chatting with each other, but not, but we love chatting with each other and we love having this community. Right. That's what we, that's, we always talk about that. So if that wasn't there and it was just kind of us talking about movies and putting it out there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It would be difficult. Cause it's very, yeah. um, as much as, as bad as it sounds, it's very unrewarding. It really is. You put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. I mean, it takes the time away. Like right now we're recording, right. And then editing. I don't have to edit this episode. It's on you. But like when you're doing it, you got to edit. You got to you got to do that. I do the social media for our. It's, there's a lot of pieces engaging. Yeah. The lovely people that join our Discord that actually click on the link in our bio and join our Discord to have conversations. You got to fucking show up. Of course, this is like it's like an honor that people are like, oh, I want to chat with these people more. And so there's a lot of showing up and it's very, very hard to like grow that in right. my opinion. It's very hard. Like, not do I want to say this? I'll just say it. There was some times where to grow, there were some podcasts that like, maybe were, maybe I don't, never mind. So anyways, <laughs> I think I know where you were going with that. Yes, we as much and I, I don't give a shit. I'll say it. It's fine. But but like we found the people that we connect with and there were people that came in and out of those different situations that just didn't pan out. Yeah. Right? And then just tagging all the time, yes. tagging when it might not even be in relation. And I, I get the algorithm yeah. and all that. But Tony and I were just like, we don't want to do that. Right. Because if we're doing that, we're not having fun right. and guaranteed we're going to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So right. we really protected the fun yes. around doing what we do. Yeah. And you have to, because if you don't, it becomes a job, which sometimes this feels like a job. I'm not going to lie, but like 
I thoroughly enjoy it. And like the funnest part of it, which for me, the the most fun part of all of this is the conversations that I get to have with different people. Like you and yeah. I have been on here for almost two hours and I don't know that we've talked about anything of any substance, maybe with some lynchings here and there, mm-hmm. but in, and butter, um, but lynchings <laughs> <laughs> and butter and only fans and only fans. <laughs> but like, it's like I said, it feels like we're hanging out at a bar, having some cocktails, hanging out. And that's fun for me. Whereas I could see like, if you were just strictly like, we're going to get on here, we're going to talk about a movie. We're going to talk about the actors in the movie. We're going to talk about the great things the directors did. Like you have to add in like some, I don't, and again, I just talked about, we don't, didn't have any substance, but like you have to add in fun or it's just, you're going to quit and it's going to become like a job and it's not going to be fun. And back to Stephen King. So, well, first, before you go there, I just want to say that I think we had a lot of substance. I agree. In this episode. And for anybody who just tuned in and heard us very casually pass Mm -hmm. over lynchings before you get fucking crazy and ignorant about it, go back and hear what we actually said. Right. Well, I've got to be honest. Good. and I'm I'm the guy that will say this. I don't care if they started listening in an hour and forty five minutes. Why did they fast forward that far into the episode? <laughs> you know, that's weird. Right? That needs to be looked at because you... maybe they were. Well, maybe no. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna be the devil's advocate for yes. the 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 people who fast forwarded to this period of time. Maybe they were just like fast, 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 because I want to hear what they have to say about Stephen King. Fast, 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 fast. Stopped uh, it. Heard that comment. Was like, holy shit. Fast, yep. fast, fast. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I mean, honestly, it makes sense to segue into that because in it, I believe there are some lynchings. Mm-hmm. In the book. In the book. Everybody oh, calm down. Oh, yeah. I don't want everybody to get yeah. upset. Anyway. So, so no, can, can I segue into, because yep. I want to say this. So Stephen King, I mean, if you've heard our episodes on Two Chicks, you know that I, I'm I'm a dream big mm. and envision Stephen King listening to this going, well, I have a fucking thing to say about <laughs> politics. He doesn't sound like that at all. But here is my thing that I hope he fast forwards to. <laughs> To or an hour, actually an hour and 50 minutes Stephen King right here. I hope he listens to it all I hope he's like fuck yeah butter and like <laughs> I like I hope he listens to it all but at this point I want to say I love and I'm a mad mad fan for Stephen King yes Stephen King um when I was younger and going through the hardest time of my life Stephen King's stories held me in this safe place. When I was reading his stories, I was happy. I was safe. I, you know what? Stephen King's listening, but Josh is texting, but it's all good. I wrote down down what minute we're at so that I can put it in the show notes. When we got into the Stephen King discussion, sheesh, I would never text while we're talking delete my assholeness right there no i love it dude you fit right in here like that's something (laughs) seth would have done to me so i i'm madly in love with stephen king's work he is such a prolific writer i we had that discussion on holly yes and now i think we're moving into really what makes stephen king just so fucking phenomenal 
I agree. Are you ready? Cool. I'm ready. Okay, perfect. Here's the thing. I agree with you. So, like, I love Stephen King. He and I, um, I don't even want to say that we don't politically align because I don't even think that's true because my viewpoints are all over the place uh, in mm-hmm. terms of it. It varies by the topic. But I feel like he mm-hmm. is very much... This is my team, and whatever this team says, I'm going to agree with, whereas I am different from that. Um, But I want to take all that and just throw it over there and forget any of that and just talk about his actual work, because I agree with you. Um, So I remember when I was younger, my aunt was really into Stephen King books. I think she gave me my first Stephen King book, which was The Long Walk, I think is the name of it. Mm -hmm. That sounds yeah. And I think he wrote it under, it was that Richard Bachman or whatever he was, like his pseudo name he was doing at the time. Um, and I read that book and I was like, this is really interesting. I don't think it was by any means his best book, um, but it got me into reading his stuff. And now fast forward many, many years later, and I find it hard, and may a, a agree or disagree, but I find it hard for me to transition out of reading Stephen King's works into another author's works. For instance, um, and I don't have the freaking book down here now, but uh, The House at the End of Needless Street. You guys recommended that book to me, and I read it, but I was just coming off of reading like two Stephen King books. And I'll be honest, I am so used to the way he writes and the way he describes things and the way his paragraphs are written And I know I'm nerding out right now about how he writes, but like, I know the format of a Stephen King book. They're just different than the way other people write. And for me to transition out of reading his novels or even his short stories into anybody else's, except maybe JK Rawlings. I think she has a very similar way in which she writes. I'm not comparing, obviously, the two topics because they're completely different, but the way in which she writes is very Stephen King-esque to me. And But going transitioning into any other author, it takes me probably a, a quarter of the book to get used to the way the, the, this different author writes, whereas if it's Stephen King, I just fall right into understanding his patterns and the way he writes and the way his paragraphs are set up. And even sometimes the way his stories are set up just because I've read so many of his novels and I connect with them. And I think that says a lot about why he is the author that he is. And in my opinion, he's probably the greatest author of all time um, because of the way and the consistency in which he's written the majority of his novels. I know we kind of bitched about him the first 20 minutes of the episode, but like his works speak for themselves. And I think it speaks volumes that it's hard for me to transition from what, from reading his stuff into somebody else's because I am just so programmed to read his novels. Yeah. Yes. Very well said. And if you think about when you say he's like the best of all time and people might be like, Oh, that's crazy. Other authors talk about him all the time. Like if somebody says, Oh, how can I write as much as Stephen King does? Those authors go really amazing authors like let's take him out of the equation yeah. like how does he even crank out these stories and as someone who's been working on writing a novel god it blows my mind how he, even if let's say he wrote fairy tale it didn't work out 
it, as far as you and Mark are concerned, right. it didn't really, it, it didn't meet your expectations, but he wrote that novel, cranked it out and then fucking released something right after that. Like it is phenomenal. The writer that he is. And if you think about, Oh God, I love it. I love it. When I talk about Stephen King and somebody says to me, this makes my heart just like, yes, they're like, mm, no, I don't like scary stories. Or <laughs> I don't, I don't like that type of book. So really? Well, did you see Shawshank Redemption? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's Stephen King. Stand by me, right? Like movies that people, The Green Mile, Hearts of Atlantis, like all of these movies that people are like, Oh shit, that was Stephen King. Yeah. I even say, oh shit, that was me. There was something I looked up that was um Hearts of Atlantis, actually. I didn't realize that was based off one of his short stories. And so I'm constantly being surprised by what he writes and that, oh my God, fucking stand by me. Are you kidding me? When I was a kid, I, f- I loved that so much. I went and bought um Benny King's is a cassette tape. That's how old I am. Benny King's cons- uh, cassette tape was stand by me on it because of, of that movie. He's just so brilliant. And that's why I follow him. That's why I love him. Even if I don't like, and I agree with you, I'm very much the same way. <clears throat> I don't align with a certain side. I align with the person who I think is going to be the best or like what they are, Ugh, it's really hard with candidates because I think I'm always choosing the, the, you know, the best of two evils. Right. right. But, you know, it's like a whole range of topics, but it, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to unfollow him. I'm not going to not read his books because he's fucking brilliant. And right. I love him. My first book I read by Stephen King was night shift, the collection of short stories. And I still remember the cover. I don't, that's the one book I don't have yet. And I want it where the hand with the bandages and the eyeballs on the hand. I think I have it. Hang on. I oh my it. God. I, I have to buy it. I mix this weekend. I'm going to go to a used bookstore. I'm going to try to find this book, but night shift. I absolutely loved it. The second book I read. Oh, you have it different cover. Yeah. But Yes. Okay, this Stephen King Uh-oh. cover. Okay, this is the book. Uh, I'm gonna put it in the chat. I feel like I'm in a business meeting. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a link into the chat. I'm gonna so put it in the chat. This is the book I had. It was, and anyone who's read it, it was like a hand with the bandages and the eyeballs on the palm of the hand. This is the book I had, and I was so blown away by it. I think the next book I read, which was my favorite, it's my favorite Stephen King book of all time, because I also remember this was the book as uh, I was a teen. That was a true page turner. Sorry, sounds like I'm crying, but I'm not. Cry away, dude. I was there. Everyone on YouTube, you can see Stephen King Night Shift. That's the book I had. I God, I wish I still had it. I don't know where it went. What happened to it? It's somewhere. My mom maybe has it, but I need to buy it. Anyway, 
This is the first book I read. The second book I read, which is my favorite book of all time, um, or my favorite Stephen King book of all time, because I remember that book, I was up to like three in the morning because I couldn't put it down. And that was the first experience I had of being mm. so obsessed. And that was The Dark Half by Stephen King. I actually have a first edition Dark Half uh, from Stephen King. Absolutely loved it. Second one I remember is uh, as a teen curling up underneath the window. It's raining. I'm on my little love seat reading it. Like just Stephen King raised me. <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he did. I just love him. I I don't know. I, I don't. It's, it's crazy to me, like the amount of novels and short stories that he's written and like his like we're it's 2024 basically like we're a month away from 2024 and like if you look back over the last 4 years in the 20 into the 2020s like his influence still into horror into horror movies is insane like i know that we're in a nostalgia period a nostalgic period right now to where like they're obviously doing they did the new halloween uh trilogy they're doing the chucky series on tv they're doing the new scream movies like we're in a very large nostalgia period right but like i feel like he has transcended through all of this forever and like it just continually is the guy they go to to put out content yes yes you guys think about it misery um, the out, you know, outsider, Christine, Carrie, Pet Cemetery, just like think about Cujo, like oh my God, I remember Cujo. Because <laughs> I'm drinking. Joe, it's okay. Cujo, I remember seeing that as a little kid. Cujo, I got. I want to go back and see it. I bet it's ridiculous. Um, I think. That is why when I started Holly, I was disappointed. Exactly what you were saying. When I go into a Stephen King book, are all the books perfect? No. But I'm there for the ride. Right. Because he has a way of storytelling where at the end of it, maybe it's not my favorite, but it was Stephen King and I'm glad I experienced it. To where I went into Holly and I'm like, ah, right off the bat, I'm like, are you kidding me? You're like pushing me away. You're right. pushing me away from reading this story. And that was disappointing. Um, but, okay, if I can tell you this, because uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but that was a point and end. Now the next point, The Dark Half. Yes. This is also my biggest heartbreak for an adaptation. When The Dark Half movie was coming out, I was so fucking excited because this was my favorite story. Stephen King book of all time. Yeah. I just couldn't even contain myself and it was garbage. And I hope he thinks so too. And I hope they remake it better because it was garbage. It's the dark half. That's the name of it. Yeah. The dark half. Oh my God. Yeah. I can, I have multiple copies. If you want me to send you one, have you read it? Is it a full novel or is it like a short, a book of, is it a short story or what is it? No, it's a novel. It's a novel. Not as big as uh, the fairy tale, but yeah. If you guys, if you guys want to zoom in on the video, it's this one. It's this one right here. I'm looking at the Dark Half movie, nineteen garbage, ninety three. Okay, but I was livid. 
in its defense, it okay, and ag- agree or disagree, and generally, hang on, I'm not great digging in my ass. I'm trying to get this stupid monitor cord out of my seat here. Um, this came out at the worst possible time for a horror. I feel like the 1990 to 1995 was the worst era of horror movies, and I feel like they were just, they. we had done the... And keep in mind, I was born in 1987, so I'm like, we did all this, and I was like five, right? But like, I feel like you had the 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 80s slasher craze, right? And the 70s people were feeling it out with like the Halloween, Sex Chainsaw Massacre, 80s everybody embellished it, and we had all these great movies in the 80s. The early to mid 90s, like I feel like people ran out of ideas and they just started pushing shit out. Okay, <laughs> so at first I was going to say shit because I coughed, but then I decided to roll with it, so I said show. Shish kebab. Jacob Slatter and Misery. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. These are all 90s. These are good, but but uh, the majority are kind of like janky, actually. People on this channel probably get sick of hearing this, but 1996, if we did not get Scream, I wonder where horror would have went. I think Scream single-handedly saved horror in the 90s. Okay. And it impacted the trajectory of it through the mid-2000s, like to up to 2005 before we got into this remake craze. But like, I feel like... 1990 to 1995, we were struggling. Yes, you're right. So Jacob's Ladder and Misery came out in 1990. So did Edward Scissorhands. So this is like early 1990. We had some good stuff coming in. And then, yeah, it went downhill from there. Well, you had like Silence of the Lambs, which was great. Don't get me wrong. Great movie. Um, Flatliners was also 1990. So it seems like, like right at 1990, they're like, making it rain with some pretty good fucking movies in yeah. my opinion i like all those movies i and feel then, like they just ran out of ideas yeah some of these are like eh, oh my goodness okay so you're saying maybe stephen king should have said not today the thing about not him this is, year like it cracks me up sometimes because like there will be, like, people love The Shining, the movie, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I am, Erica loves that movie. I think it's hot garbage, okay? I'm sorry. The book is fantastic. I would love to see them, whoever them is. I'm speaking in generalities now. But I would love to see Mike Flanagan get full rights to recreate, redo The Shining. Whether it's a, a, a movie or whether it's a series. I know Mike Flanagan is heavy in the series, uh, I would like to see him get the rights to be able to redo The Shining and really go based off of the book. I'm not a huge fan of the movie The Shining. However, Jessica, huge fan of The Shining. Erica, huge fan of The Shining movie. It wasn't for me. Stephen King admittedly does not like that movie, but he had the opportunity to do the short series, which was redone on for cable television, I think, and it also sucked. So, like... Stephen King has been very critical of movies, movie adaptations of his books that I don't think were great. And he's like, oh, these are fantastic. And then he has gone on record 
as stating that some of the movie adaptations of his works are fantastic, groundbreaking, phenomenal. And I watch him and I'm like, this is hot garbage, right? So, like, it makes me wonder if he's too close to it. And maybe so am I. Because, like, let's say, because I really love The Shining book, but I don't like the movies. The movie. Either either of the movies. Um, I love the book It. I respect the Tim Curry version of it, but I don't necessarily love it. It's not something I go back to and yeah. watch regularly, but the Andy Musietti version of it is one of the best, in my opinion, horror movies of all time. The first one, the second one has its problems, but I think that because the first one was so good that it set the second one up for failure. Like there was no way to recast those kids as adults and make them as watchable as the kids were in the first one. Like there was no way anybody was going to go into that second movie and think that it was as good as the first one. Like they just, but how do you fix that problem? I don't think that you can. Um, But there's certain books that I feel like I am close to that. I don't necessarily like the movie or the series adaptation of And I would have to think that he is the same way because he's just too close to the work. So I feel like you have to take his opinion with a grain of salt. Yeah, I can see that. I know that. (sighs) Oh, coughing again. Bronchitis. Keep in mind, she has bronchitis, guys. She did this sickly. (laughs) I heard when, well, I didn't hear anything. I saw on Twitter the outsider was one of his favorite adaptations okay um really love that book i have really great memories because i actually was traveling to maine bangor maine okay for work nice okay this job broke me mentally (laughs) but it was worth it because i got to go to bangor maine and i went to his house there his like and current house picture. that he lives in? He does not live there. He okay. still owns it. That was his house. I heard he doesn't live there full time. So okay, no, but it's still there with the spiders on the iron gate. Oh my god. Okay. Anyways, I listened to the outsider on the plane trip to Maine. Was in Maine. You go to like all the local stores and like bakeries. They have like Stephen King quotes. I would move there. I would really. Move there. Is it that nice? Yeah. It's also, it's so cute, so nice, full of Stephen King. And if you are a shellfish lover, oh my God, the freaking seafood. Like oysters? Anyways, I don't like that's oysters. That's not the only shellfish. That's not the only shellfish. It's like I shrimp? love crab. Okay, I crab. like crab. I like crab. Okay, that's my favorite. Yeah, crab, uh, lobster. Um... <laughs> I just saw that little. <laughs> that little well, was, little upturn. Well, I got oh. ice stuck in the bottom of the cup. It's pissing me off. Uh, you know, shrimp, clams, mussels. Anyways, I'm not even listing all the shellfish. But anyway, it was so fantastic being there. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh, outsider. Yeah, you listened to it on the way there. Work paid for you to go there. You were excited. Really enjoyed it. Yep. Really enjoyed it. And then they had a show on it. God, I'm struggling. And Jason Bateman and Stephen King, yummy, yes. 
yummy and like i just love both of those people heart heart i'm here for it um i do have to say i have not finished outsider there i still have some episodes left the show but so far the entire story within that series i think they're doing a good job but maybe not what am i talking about i really like Stephen king i do too so the outsiders I read the book in anticipation of the show coming out because Stephen King was like, oh, this is great. It's going to be awesome. I've seen it. It's fantastic. So I read the book first, and then I watched the show and was drastically disappointed with the show after having read the book. You're talking about Outsider, right? Yeah. The Outsider. The Outsider. Not The okay. Outsiders with like Patrick Swayze and Emilio okay. Estevez. No, no, no. The Outsider. I literally Googled it because I'm like, he wrote The Fucking Outsiders? No, 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 no. Not The Outsider. Did I say Outsiders? You said The Outsiders. I'm sorry. The Outsider. Hour one. Hang on. I, <laughs> I have to pee. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Okay, me too. Okay, I'm going to pee. Perfect. I can't hear you, but I believe you. Nope, nope. Yeah, go, go. You're not going anywhere outside. What is in the mailbox this late that she needs? She's fucking with me. I know she is. She's fucking with me. Because I will admit that I, okay, so when she wants to go out and, like, ride her scooter, like, every normal child wants to go outside and ride her scooter, I am very scared. And it's hard for me. I, uh, all the true crime I watch, it's very hard for me. So I have a window right here. Oh, you can see it. I can the see window. the window. I see the blinds. I don't I'll see the open window. it. I'll open the window. Everything. She's scooting right out there. She's scooting. We have a street up this, uh, a street. We have a street up the street. We have a park up the street. Yeah. She'll be like, can I go to the park? Absolutely nope. not without me or your older sister. Yeah. It's just like, I just, I want to mitigate risk. I want to mitigate risk. So I think she's messing with me because there's no way her, first of all, her dad would never let her even outside. It's dark. That'd she's be me. messing with me. She's messing with me. Well, and not to mention, so we live out in the county and we don't let the kids go out front by themselves. Like our backyard is fenced in with a privacy fence on the one side. And then it's a black chain link fence all the way around it. But like we, I don't even like for them to be out there by themselves in the backyard. And we live out in the middle of like nowhere. Oh, we're yeah, helicopter kids, parents. My kids tease me because I have a true crime story for every situation. So because it's like, happened. Oh, like just you talking about how, you know, you live out in the middle of nowhere and you have these fences. Oh, I have a, uh, you know, kid was snatched in that exact scenario or, yep. you know, I, like, I, I want to mitigate risk. I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy either. I think it's crazy that people would let their kids go outside and do these certain things. Like we see people, we are, so Seth makes fun of us. Keep in mind, Seth doesn't have any kids, so he has no even reason to speak on this, Seth, if you're listening. But mm-hmm. he's like, you're a helicopter parent and your kids are going to hate you and they're going to move way far away from you to get away from you. And I'm like, well, you know what? At least they live to be the age to where they could move away from me. Yes. Exactly. It's like Ash. Uh oh. Honey, can you turn that off because I'm I'm recording and, and watching in the front room? I can't hear it if that's really no you I can't think I can't hear it. I don't either. want it. Honey, you need to turn it down, okay? 
Damn it. Turn it down. I gotta, agree with you. You got to get real redneck yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And the response. Yeah. Turn Idiot. that shit down. Turn that shit down. I can't God even yell because I'll start coughing. It's okay. I yelled the other I, day. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You want to mitigate risk. At least they lived, right? To be old enough. I'm going to say this right now. Anybody who's like, oh, you know, she's not a good mom because I don't know, whatever, whatever. I am because my kids love me first. And second, um, my daughter, so my old, I don't like not let them live their lives. Right. My oldest daughter's in college. She's living in the dorms, but I will tell you this. Uh-oh. I absolutely fucking terrified them <laughs> so that they were aware that people are trying to trick them, trying to take them. Yes. I let them know. So she was at college and granted the story I'm about to tell you, the person might've honestly been just a nice kid wanting to help, but her and her friend were walking to their dorms at night and a college age guy came up to her and said, Oh, you guys shouldn't be walking alone at night. Let me walk you to your dorm. Uh I want to make sure you get there. Okay. She said, I'm fine. I live here. She went right with her friend to her dorm, even though it wasn't the dorm. Yeah. Then called more friends to come and get her to walk her to her dorm. So that kid, maybe he was a good kid. Maybe he needs to understand that approaching girls like that is maybe not the best. Maybe you're just like, I don't want to hang back. That's going to be creepy too, but at least they'll still go to their dorm. And if you have good intentions, I don't know. I'm proud of her. I'm proud that she was like, sorry, I don't think so. Right. Get away from me. You can't worry about offending people. Okay. I'm going to say two things. You should, everyone should read the gift of fear and protecting the gift. If you're a parent, FBI agent interviewed a bunch of uh, predators and what they do to manipulate you to give in to them. And then protecting the gift is for parents, for kids with kids. Parents with kids. Uh-huh. Parents uh, with kids. I guess there's fur care fur baby parents, so that makes sense. Anyway, uh yeah, she's not gonna go to the mailbox. <laughs> I wouldn't let her go to the mailbox either. And like I said, we live out and we don't even live in a neighborhood and we let the kids go out front. But yeah, yeah, you have and this comes around full circle, right? Because we were talking about early nineties terrible horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, not that this was one, but Silence of the Lambs. That girl should have never helped him try to put the couch in the back of the van. My kids will not help that person put the couch in the back of the van. You have to mitigate risks and had that lady's or that girl's parents explain to her. And again, I think this kind of talks about, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that are we more aware of these situations now? Are we more sensitive to them because we have, all these avenues where we see this stuff daily or we have true crime podcasts, we have all these movies, et cetera. But like, okay, I may be a helicopter parent, but like I'm going to prime my kids for these situations. Yes. I tell my kids all the time, do not care. And that's what's in this, that book I had mentioned in those books. I don't care if I offend someone. I don't care if 
by shutting someone down, they're like, wow, you're a real fucking bitch. Yep. I don't fucking care. Right. I'm never going to fucking talk to you again. And guess what? You're also not going to rape me and kill me. Bye. I don't go. even care if you're trying to be nice. It doesn't matter. You're not in my life. Leave me alone. Goodbye. And that's how I want my kids to be because <laughs> I want them to be safe. At the end of the day, I live in a world where I feel like there's predators everywhere. But there are. And we are there really more, are. We're like hypersensitively aware of it now because of all the stories that have come out and all of the again, this true podcast uh wave that or this true crime podcast wave that people are into. Like it's there's there's a story for every situation. Every situation. Literally. And there are gosh, I think it was either one in five or one in 10. I obviously wasn't coming on the show thinking that I would be sharing this statistic. Well, it's okay. It's, it's either one, one in five or one in 10 um, children are sexually abused. This is a significant amount. So yeah. parents, you do need to be vigilant and you need to yep. take, when my kids were little, all of them, I taught them kick, scream, bite, Fight, fight, fight. Yep. All of them know it. I have a 20-year-old and a, all the way down to a nine-year-old. That it, it doesn't even matter. I said, I will support you if someone grabs you, mishandles you. Because you can't have any gray area. You can't right. say, well, if it's this person or if it's that person. Because you don't know who the bad person will be. <laughs> so you can't give them that gray area because they'll question themselves. Right. So just, anyways, I'm sorry, Josh. You're. I don't I'm know like, why you're apologizing. Okay. We have I don't the either. same. We have had, we have had conversations. <laughs> we, we will get back to the outsider in a minute. Okay, everybody, just calm <laughs> down. We have had conversations with family where we offended our family members because we said we wouldn't let our kids be in certain situations with family members and like. They were upset. They were like, oh, you don't trust us? And I'm like, well, a high percentage of the time, the people that create these, not create, the people that perform these, uh, you know, acts are family members, friends. It's generally people that you know that do these things. And while it may offend you that we feel this way, if it protects our kids, I'd rather you be offended than my kid be abused. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you, <coughs> sorry, Josh, I'm giving your editing a next level. I'm not editing that out, dude. It's real. Okay. We're keeping it. Oh no. Okay. I need to mute that more. Um, <laughs> if you're, um, yeah, for like an example, if you're like, go hug so-and-so mm. and they just don't feel like hugging. Yeah. Don't make them right. They have control of their own body and what they want to do and what they don't want to do. It's as simple as that. And if the person doesn't understand, you don't fucking understand. I don't know. Just guys, seriously, take it from someone who has experienced that as a child. Just like protect your kids, right? And be a little bit of a helicopter parent. They'll be fine. My kids are fine. They go out. They experience things. They go places. But they're also really fucking cognizant. So that's what you want, right? All of us should be aware of our surroundings 
and just don't be stupid. Don't be like, oh, that that never happens here. It fucking always happens here. You hear so many people saying that. Just don't risk it. Okay, because I even, okay, the last thing I'll say, whenever I hear like a true crime story, because I listen to way too much true crime, which you're probably like, that's why that bitch is crazy. <laughs> but um, I'll tell, like I told my husband the other day, I was like, oh, hey, honey, just really quick. I don't tell him the details. He hates true crime. He doesn't want to hear it. I respect mm. that. But it's like, I do want you to know there was a boy who, because I'm very neurotic, I lock all the windows every night. So do I. I check that all, all the windows, doors are locked. Do you have Josh, alarms you, on all of them as well? You have saved your family's lives. Probably. Yes, because listen to this. I just recently heard a true crime story where a boy just had this urge to kill. And he just wanted to so bad. Mm. Anybody. He went out at like two in the morning. He checked 50 houses, 50 for unlocked doors or windows. The 51st house was like an 80-year-old couple yeah. that had an open window. And he slaughtered them. Really? That's it. There's also this killer who went in, killed a family. And when they asked him why, he goes, because their front door was unlocked. Yep. I mean, that's like The Strangers, the movie, because you were home, right? That was their reasoning. Um, What was the guy, the California guy? You lived in California while this guy was uh, Mm -hmm. Richard The Night Stalker. Yes. Was fucking sneaking in windows, taking people's eyeballs. It was a terrible, terrifying time. Dude, he didn't have like a set type of person that he targeted. It was just if their windows were open, he was killing them. Like, no, I'm the same. I go to every single window, make sure it's locked. We have alarm an alarm system that is locked every single night. Like, I'm with you, dude. Like, a lot of stuff, if it's not somebody you know, which, again... I stand by that. A large percentage of the time, it's somebody you know or is intimate with your situation and knows your home security system or knows that. And the other thing that, and again, we're going off on a tangent here, but I'm fine with it. Like, I watched this documentary where it was very similar to what you were talking about, where they interviewed these um, predators. And they would tell you, like, we they were able to determine the type of family dynamic that these families had. Generally, it was a family where the dad wasn't present and these kids were looking for like a male role model. So they would infiltrate as like a coach or just like this person's friend, right? And then over time, it wasn't like a, we go to the park and abduct this kid. It was like somebody that had integrated themselves into this child's life and became like a role model or a, a positive figure in this. I'm doing air quotes for those not on YouTube, but like a positive figure in this child's life and then abuse them. Like it's, it's not, and I, I know there are certain instances where it is a short, like where it, somebody was abducted and this happened, but a lot of the time it is somebody who has interjected mm-hmm. themselves into this family or this child's life and then have done these things, right? Like, yeah, that is terrifying because it's not like it was 
a crime of opportunity. This was thought out and they figured out these certain family dynamics and how they can integrate themselves into it. But when it's not that, which that is a large percentage of the time, it's somebody who has integrated themselves into it. But like those other smaller percentage of the times that are the, those are the crimes of opportunity. Like what you're saying, the door was unlocked. Uh, this kid's dad was texting somebody so I could snag them at the park. Like as a parent today, you have to be acutely aware of all of these different dynamics of, okay, you have to be cautious and very cognitive of who you let into your family circle, who you let into your friendship circle. But also you have to be aware that when you're at the park, put your phone away. Yes. Yes. So for myself, it was the husband of my babysitter. If you haven't seen the Boy Scouts of America, oh gosh, which one was it? It was real. Um, it's a documentary. I just had so much respect for it because often you don't see men coming forward. It, the Secret Files of the Boy Scouts on Netflix. Um, Scouts Honor, sorry, Scouts Honor, the Secret Files of the Boy Scouts of America. So incredible. These people coming forward, just explaining like these overnight camping trips, or Mm. there was this three men that came together, three single men with no children that came together to start a Boy Scout troop and went door to door to like a lot of single moms and parents that saying we'll waive the cost of it. Right. Like, dude. She just totally watched that. There's just like, I guess I feel people are like, how can you consume so much of that true crime? And it's hard and I have to take breaks. But I also feel like I'm educating myself on what to look for and what to try to prevent. Because you're absolutely right. The majority are people you know and all of this. And then just to add to that, those crimes of opportunity know this predators crimes of opportunity predators what we're talking about here is like the random person that steals someone from a park they go out it is their full-time job they have said this it's my full-time job i go out and i look for these opportunities so you just got to be aware i don't know how to tie this into stephen king I don't know either. Oh, the green mile. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, like (laughs) it actually, it's funny to me. It's not really funny. It's kind of ironic. Really? They're like, as much as he writes about prepubescent, like children, like some of his greatest novels are friendships of preteens or teenagers, right? Like it. Yes. Um, a lot, stand by me. A lot of those novels are written. He's really good at writing that camaraderie, which makes me wonder like what his childhood was like. And like, did he have that predominant father figure? I don't know, to be honest. Um, but a lot of what he writes about is kids where they rely on each other versus like their, their parents, right? Like their friendships are what their family is. And that kind of hits home to me because like 
my dad worked a ton. He was always at work. He was always doing certain things. We don't have even today the greatest relationship. So like some of my closest friends are like my family, right? Like my best friend, Tyler is like my little brother. Uh, I have other friends that are like my family. Like for instance, if I have a issue with the house, like I wouldn't necessarily call my dad and be like, Hey, the toilet's overflowing, which is a stupid thing to call anybody for. But let's say like a pipe is leaking. I would call one of my best friends from high school versus like, a father figure, right? Like, whereas I feel like generations before mine, naturally you have an issue with your home. You call your dad. Like we were having a leak up in Lucy's room because the chimney was leaking and I called my buddy and he came over and we fixed it together. Whereas I feel like generations before mine, you would call your dad and your dad would come over and help you fix whatever's going on with your house. Well, and again, it's all generational because we could, this would be another hour conversation, but I feel like you go through generations where like people's parents were really heavily into work. So they couldn't be at home being the coach or being that father figure. So you rely on your friends for that. And I feel like Stephen King did a great job of writing those stories for that generation. Right. Which hits home for me because I have a core group of friends that we are like family and our families all get together a lot uh, monthly at at a minimum and we hang out and our kids all know each other. And for instance, my kids call Seth, uncle Seth. They call my friend Tyler, uncle Tyler. Like they don't know that I had explained to Lucy, my nine year old last week that her uncle Tyler isn't really my brother. Like she didn't even realize that he wasn't like my brother. Right. So there's those situations, and I think what Stephen King does, tying this all in together, is he does a great job of writing those relationships to where those kids are dependent on each other to survive. And I relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> when I was a teen, I could, can totally relate to that because I feel like my mom, she loved me. Nothing there, but she also, she had her friends and she was gone a lot. My stepdad worked a ton, was always gone. And at that time we had a really rocky relationship. We're good now, but at that time didn't know my, my birth father. And so my whole existence was my friends staying at their homes, being with them, gosh, all the way until even earlier when I was around 11 And my mom and dad were just working full-time, right? My mom was a waitress. My dad was working full-time too. So I was one of those latchkey kids. And this is not like, oh, poor me. My (laughs) parents had to work. And so that's what happened. So my friends were were a huge part of my life. And I think that's why when Stand By Me came out, that just resonated with me so much and you're absolutely right. He has such an amazing, he being Stephen King, such an amazing skill and an amazing Stephen King. If you're listening, I'm a little bit tipsy, <laughs> but just please hear me out. An amazing job at relationships in general. So even if you're thinking about bad relationships like Carrie, God, he just really drills home these yeah. characters and their relationships, but especially one of my favorite genres of fiction this coming of age fiction i just absolutely love this and he does a really good job at it fire starter too right 
um, fire starter, little girl, you know, uh, her powers and all this and blah, blah, blah. Amazing. This is like, Stephen King is probably at this point like, <laughs> no, I think he's like, dude, these two are fucking on point. I love him. He knows. I mean, let's be honest. He, he <laughs> Honestly, he, he seems a little bit conceited. So he probably sees your works back there and he sees my works over here. And he's like, okay, these guys like me. They get it. But, you know, he seems a little bit of a conceited person. But if I were the greatest author of all time, maybe I would be conceited as well. I don't know. I hope I wouldn't. I hope I'd just still be like, wow, you like my books. Yeah. I love it. But, yeah. I feel like I would be of the mindset that, like, I am overly appreciative of anybody that, like, appreciates what I do. So, like. Me too. I'd be happy about it. But do did you like the new Firestarter? Or you did not like that movie. Hated I, if it. I rem- fucking hated okay. it. Okay. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, <laughs> it was on your list last year of for the Stabby's Awards of most disappointing movies. Garbage, 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 garbage. You did not need to remake that movie. Firestarter with Drew Barrymore, the original one, is fine existing on its own. Mm-hmm. That new one was garbage. Okay. Period. Okay, you were upset. You're a little upset, I can tell. Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, I love Misery, the movie and the book. Do not read, and this is like a pro tip. Okay. okay. Do not read the book and watch the movie close together. Because I read the book and then eventually watched the movie, loved them both. Then when I did Misery with Tawny on Two Chicks, I tried to read the book yeah. right before recording. Hated the movie. It'll do because, that. Because, yeah. So don't do that. Don't do that because the, both are fantastic. But The movie is not nearly as good after you have the context of the book. Like the book is so, like he goes so deep into Annie Wilkes' psyche that they just do they in the and don't get me wrong the movie is good as a standalone works but like if you try to compare the book to the movie you're going to be drastically disappointed like Kathy Bates does a great job of that character and how it was written for the movie but Stephen King and I think this is hard for people to capture because he writes such in-depth character development that is hard to get it onto the big screen. And he, a lot of the, the important things that Stephen King talks about or that like get drafted into these stories are thoughts that characters have in their own head. That it's not a dialogue between two characters. It's something going on in that character's mind or that it's like self reflection of that character that you can't portray onto the camera. And I think that is why a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, a large, in my opinion, a large portion of the books don't translate to movies because a lot of that grit and context is all something going on in a character's head that isn't easily transferable onto film. Yes, you're 100% correct in your new red horror movie crew podcast sweatshirt can i tell you a secret right can i tell you a secret i put this on (coughs) because the first episode you and i did together you made fun of this hoodie i want to see if you remembered you told me it looked like a wonder woman 
shirt. Okay. No. You did. No. So, okay, hold on. Coughing, 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 bronchitis, bronchitis. Okay. First. Yes. Stephen King. Um, Paul Sheldon also. A lot of misery for Paul Sheldon was in his head. Yep. And it was brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Two. It was not that shirt. It was a different one because it looked... No, it wasn't. No way. Yep, it was this one. No. Yep, because it, it looks no. sparkly. At the time, you said it looks sparkly. I like your sparkly Wonder Woman hoodie. That's I think is one? what you said. This is it. I don't think so, Josh. I'm going to have to go back. I think it was a different shirt. It looked mm. a lot more. Okay, I really like this one. I don't think so. I'm going to send you one of these. Okay, please. I don't think it was this one, but anyways, I'll, I'll take, I'll take your word for it. I don't think so. Okay. It's fine. But do you, I mean, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I would love, uh, so when I was researching for this episode with you, I didn't do a lot of research. I just pulled together my, I, my thoughts. Yes. And I looked at his works. My goal with this is to have a copy of every single thing he's ever written, at least one copy. Okay. And so when I was looking it up just to make sure and refresh my memory, I saw that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. It's because I've been drinking. It's fine. So and you're caught. You have bronchitis. <laughs> that, um, cat's eye did you see cat's eye okay i I remember cat's eye from when i was little and i was so like spooked out and terrified this cat's eye is an adaptation of one of stephen king's works this is what i'm saying movies that you've seen you look it up and it's fucking stephen king you're like are you kidding me holy shit i didn't know this there's so much cat's eye i didn't even realize this um, is an adaptation of one of Stephen King's novels. I want to be on someone's podcast. Well, maybe Tawny will let me do it. And reviewing Cat's Eye. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I just remember this movie scared me as a kid so bad. Why did we not do Cat's Eye? I, be, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean. I'm writing it down, dude. We're doing it. I was like, you didn't see it as a kid. I think you're going to rip it apart. But from what I remember as a kid, maybe if we can look at it from a kid's point of view, you can see that, like, I don't know. I haven't seen it in years. Um, It's from his Night Shift collection. Oh, my okay, God. I'm gonna, here's what I want to do. Okay. I want you and I in January. Okay. 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 I want to. Read the. I want to read the story from Night Shift. I have it over here somewhere. And I want to watch the movie. Okay. And then I want to do an episode where we compare the book to the movie. Oh, my God. And we discuss how you felt. I, I didn't watch it as a child. I still feel like I'm kind of a child. So I feel like my first watch of it will be from a child's eye. Um, okay, okay, that's good. But... Well, I, th- I think we need to go in depth into Cat's Eye. We're going to do it, dude, in January. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. In January is my birthday month. So this is a tremendous gift that you're giving me. That's what I'm here for. 
I was looking to see. I might have a night shift. I keep thinking I might have. No, it. you ha- you wanted it with the eyeballs. Remember the eyeballs on the hand? You couldn't find yeah. it, but I have it somewhere. I I'm have to find shift. it this weekend. Yeah, I got it. I'm in 100%. We'll do it in January. Okay. Okay, cool. I have to get through this Stabby's Awards show first, though, because it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I got to get this done. Yes. We're ready for it. You put a lot of work into that. We're ready for it. I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, I got to figure out when we can get it done, though. And Seth is pushing me hard to do it in January. He's like, can we please just do it in January? I'm like, we got to do it in oh. December. I mean, Coffee. it's a December show, Seth. That is when the stabbies happen. It's not like they just like fooling about the Academy Awards or that's, fooling about like, right? That's what I said. No, he's like, my sister's coming in from Australia in December, which, okay, I get it. Oh, but I like, oh, there's a the thumbs up. <laughs> I like it to be the first episode of the year. I just, I want it to be the first episode that gets dropped in January. However, is he willing to do it like New Year's? Or is he have plans for New Year's too? And like, I don't you know, know what like, he does. How long is it going to make us wait in January? I think like the first week of January I could live with, but I don't, I'm not happy about yeah. it. But for Seth, I'd be willing to push it back if it works for everybody else. Cause you know, I'm such a community guy. He's a nice guy. I like Seth. He's so, the best dude. Like, I love him to fine. death. I make fun of him a lot, but I usually based on how much I make fun of you, you know how much I enjoy your uh, friendship. Yeah. I think Seth, Seth is a doll baby. He's what? A doll baby. A do- like he's like a baby, like a pain in the ass? Yes. A doll baby is like my way of saying, like, I uh, love him. I have to, I, he's, I love I have, you too. And I love Jess and I love Tawny and Mark and Brooke and okay. Erica. So are you going to the wedding or what? What's the deal? <laughs> so far, um, it is the plan, but I, we haven't booked anything. Okay. Would that be so fucking amazing? Here's the deal. Do you think Brooke would be willing, like, to record? <laughs> here's the thing. Listen, here, here's where I'm at. I was talking to Brooke and I were talking last night, and he's looking at hotels because he was asking what we were getting. So I told him all four of us were coming for sure. We're all four going. And he's like, Are you going to stay at the hotel or do you, are you guys getting Airbnb? What are you doing? So here's where I'm at. And I don't know what you guys are, are doing or what your guys' plans are, but there's like nothing close to this place. Like we're going to have to drive regardless, but they're looking at getting a shuttle from the hotel to the venue. So I'm like, if it makes more sense and it helps you guys out, I would be willing to have all of us stay at the hotel so that you can shuttle or whatever. And then I will just get like a conference room at the hotel and I'll set up all the podcast stuff so we can come and go as we please. Whoever wants to use the gear can use it to record. I don't give a shit. Like I'll set it up. I'll get the conference room for the days we're there and I'll just leave the shit locked in the conference room and like we can use it as we want. Or the other option, which I'm waiting on Erica to get back from fucking Thailand or wherever the fuck she's at right now. I don't even know. But, like, do we just rent a big-ass house mm-hmm. and everybody, like, all of us stay at the house? That sounds, like, perfect. 
Who's going to be the designated driver, though? Because my question to Brooklyn, I was like, okay, if all of us Uber. get this big-ass house, can we get an Uber? And he's like, I don't think so because we're, like, in the middle of nowhere. There's no Uber drivers? That's what he there? said. He, I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, maybe we could schedule a taxi. But then Mark, Mark, love him to death. He's like, well, my wife would probably come pick you guys up. And I'm like, I don't want her to have to come worry about that, right? Well, like... Are we talking about from the wedding to back to the place? Just like, so from, we're not yeah. drinking at the wedding. Well, one of us wouldn't be able to. I guess I could sacrifice yeah. and not drink. No, I, I was thinking I could not drink at the wedding. That sounds terrible. To get us back. Mm, I would rather just like, this sounds terrible. I would rather just like, why don't we just buy it? Like, why don't we just get a driver? Like, let's just fucking pay for a driver. Yeah, like I'm surprised there's not like taxis or anything that'll well, bring us. You guys are coming. I'm willing to figure all this out, but mm. I think we should do it, dude. I'm into like getting I like think a so too. big ass cabin, like have like a, a recording room set. I'll bring all the recording shit. I'll just set it up and like you guys can go in and record if you want. We'll go in and record. We can all record. Like, dude, it'll be a blast. Dude, it'd be so fucking fun. Like insane fun. I'm game. I'm game. All right. Well, I'm going to be there regardless. Like, even if the everybody else, which to two, I talked to everybody this morning, even Erica over in um, Bangladesh. (laughs) (laughs) She is a world traveler. Have you noticed that it just keeps changing? Yes. (laughs) All four of us are going. Um, Right now, I'm the only iffy one because I'm pretty sure my passport expires this March and I got to get it figured out. But uh, according to them, I can do that online now, I guess. So. I don't know. Why do I need a passport to get into Canada? Yeah, you do. Why though? But like, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. You can go get that shit done. I'll get it done. But nonetheless, um, dude, I'm in. This is going to be a blast. I'm excited. Insane. If I go, I'm going to be bringing my husband, and I'm very excited because you will love him. He is so sarcastic. Yes. Such a fucking good time. That, But that's the thing. Like, I was thinking, okay, he's going to be drinking. So I could possibly bring us back, and I could drink when we get back. But, I mean, it might be late after the wedding. Anyways, this is like details I don't need to be discussing on this episode figure it I out. I think we need to discuss it. We got to figure it out. We got to throw it out there to the universe yeah. so that we make it happen. Yeah, because if we were like at the wedding, I just was right into it. Yeah, you're right. We need to make this happen. I'm in. Like we're I said. Out the wet at the wedding. I don't mind driving us all back. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But then we need a vehicle. Or we have a driver. Or we have a driver. I say we just pay a driver. Let's just buy a driver. (laughs) I agree. Okay, done deal. I agree. As the executor of Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, and as the executor currently of HMC Studios, I say we just get a driver and we figure it out. We're getting a driver. That's the smartest thing to do. You know what? It's the responsible thing to do. Yes. It's the responsible thing to do. And and we get a house. This is a fucking brilliant idea. I honestly, I'm leaning toward the house. I think we get the Airbnb house and we're just there. Like, 
hotels, I live in hotels a lot of the time because I travel so much. Like, I don't want to do that. Let's just do the house. And we could get a really cool house and all of us are splitting it. See, it just makes more sense. It's really affordable and like we could do something pretty, really cool. (laughs) I'm in on the house. All right. So we've got, we figured it out. We're all going. It's going to happen. We're all going. We're going to record a big group episode. How many microphones do I need for that? Oh my God. I could bring them up. I also have a a Yeti over there that I've never used. Sorry. I got a Yeti. I'm wondering if the Yeti would be the way to go and just do like the Yeti with the full circle around the table and then I can figure it out later. Yeah, I can bring my Yeti right there. The only reason I don't use it, it's a beautiful microphone, but when I used it, it picked, it it was so sensitive. It Mm. picked up so much background noise and me at the beginning of the podcast, not understanding how to balance all of that in the software. I just didn't. It is a pain in the ass, but with that many people, because I got one, actually my other mixer, that's behind the scenes stuff. I will figure all that out. (laughs) I will make all that work. This is going to be a blast. I'm excited. You know what? I think we did all the Kirby's. This is a three-hour episode. They're lucky. They they should be thanking us for this mm-hmm. content we provided them with. Yeah. We are fucking awesome. Dude. I feel like everything we talked about for the past three hours was like pure dripping gold. It was gold that dripped right into their pan. They need to take this yes. gold down to the bank and get their money's worth because we just bestowed... Think of all the things we, we talked about, how shitty Stephen King's new novels are, but then we immediately, like three hours later, circled back and talked about what a prolific writer he is, right? Yes, we did. We talked yes. about child predators and how you got to watch them because they're coming for your kids. Yeah, we gave protection advice for your See? children. Yep. We may have had a great time and had a little bit too much to drink, but Too again, much to drink. Like my good friend Kid Rock says, my fuck tanks on E!, I love it. I love it. I had a good time. We also gave you recipes on how to make butter. How to make butter. I mean, what more do you need? You should be eating grass-fed beef, grass-fed butter. We're not sure. We're torn between olive oil and coconut oil. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But we're going to find out. Dude, we gave you so much in this episode. (laughs) So I agree. Much. I agree. We're going to be in Canada uh, in October next year, hanging out face to face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate you. I love your podcast. Um, Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. If you want to do a little promo, I'm sure that everybody that listens to this already knows who you are because you guys are like our podcast <laughs> sisters. But where can we find Two Chicks in a Horror Flick? Well, I love you. And Jess and Seth and HMC, I think what you're doing is fucking brilliant and absolutely am honored to be on this episode with you once again. And I hope you have me back. Um, Yes, we, me and Tawny are two chicks in a horror flick. You can find us anywhere. So whatever your favorite podcatcher is, even ask Alaska, Alexa, not Alaska. Well, probably Alaska. She's very sensitive. So just say it. She'll play it. Uh, and also on your favorite social media platform, just search for us, Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, and we'll be there. Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, my personal favorite independent podcast. I'll say it here. I got to be cautious when I get around Mark and Brooke. They're very sensitive. 
Yeah, they are. Those little sweeties. They They're are. so sensitive. They're, uh, they are. What A, what can I say? They're good folks, though. I'm excited to hang yeah, out with are. them in person, hopefully. January. I'm serious. I want to do Cat's Eye in January. Please, don't let me down. I'm so fucking excited now. So please, 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 I would love to do this. All right. I think we bring Erica in. Maybe Erica. I think she knows how to read. I think she'll read it. Watch the movie. Pretty sure she knows how to read. It, well, she's from Florida. You got to watch it down there. Yeah, Florida's, you know, lots of true crime and stuff coming up. Crazy stories coming up, Florida. I feel like it's Florida and Wisconsin you got to watch out for. <laughs> Wisconsin. I didn't hear that one, but I. Wisconsin, are you kidding me? You got Ed Gein. You've got oh. Dahmer. You've You're got right. Stephen Avery. <laughs> How dare I? I'm sorry. I'm not upset with you. Okay, good. All right. In that case, you know what? I got to do some crew, some patron shout outs. These guys pay the bills. I'm sorry. Let me get into yeah. this real quick. No, okay. please. All Thanks. honor too. Anything else you want to say, Felicia, before we wrap it up? Only thank you so much patrons for supporting HMC. Thank you. We I appreciate you. it. They pay all the bills around here. It's believe it or not, it is honestly rather expensive to host a podcast platform. Yeah. Yeah. And because Absolutely. of you fine folks, uh, I don't have to pay for it. So thank you. Yeah. We love our patrons. Yes. Such an honor. As you should. Thank you to Aaron P. Colette S. Zach F. Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast. Kimberly D. Felicia Connor from Two Chicks and a horror flick. Caitlin, Ashley V, Mark and Brooke from a podcast on Elm Street and a podcast on Fury Road and my lovely mother, Nana Stevie Nix, who is watching my children tomorrow morning so I can go see Thanksgiving with my beautiful favorite person in the world, wife, Abby Brooke. Seriously, that is beautiful. Not only is your mom supporting your podcast financially, she supports, oh my God. Dude, she's it's the so greatest. I'll tell you beautiful. what. So my mother is my role model, right? Like she is my true North. Abby and I talk about this all the time. Like she's my person, right? Like Abby says that. She's like, your mom is your person, right? Like you don't, you have a person. Everybody has a person, right? Like I don't yeah. know who your person is, but you probably have a person, I would assume. Yeah. Um, everybody yeah. should have a person, whether that's your parent or somebody else that you look up to. But like my mom is my person so I've always been like attracted to not like like a weird attraction but like I've always like migrated toward like strong empowered women yeah and it's just ironic that I'm married to one who influences me heavily all the time and I have two daughters right like I don't have a son I have two daughters and they're both very headstrong very smart, very intelligent, very driven, even though they're nine and seven, like I see that in them. And then like my sister is one of my best friends and like, I'm very close with her. So it's like, it's just weird how that happens, right? Like my mom is yeah. like my person, but the majority of the influencers in my life are also women. Now, is it women. because of that? Or is that just the way that my circle works? I don't know, but it is. I love that. <laughs> Maybe just powerful women are drawn to you because you 
How are you? Now, if Abby heard you say <laughs> that, she'd be extremely annoyed that you said powerful women are drawn to me, where she would think I am drawn to powerful women. Why not both? Was and, she not drawn to you? Uh, I think she hates me sometimes, but she loves me. No, bullshit. <laughs> I'm sure she was drawn to you and you were drawn to her. Uh, and it's a happy synergy. It really is. I can talk to her about it in Canada. I don't think she's coming, but maybe if she does come, it would be fun. Yeah, because I'm going to bring my husband. That's a long time to go, though. (sighs) We have to find a babysit. It's tough. Well, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's something else to talk about. Not that you need to discuss this with me. (laughs) No, I want to get your (laughs) approval for certain. (laughs) Okay, cool. But anyway, uh, just last thing. I was upstairs getting ready to come down to record, and Mom's texting me. And I ac- I accidentally uploaded all the new HMC designs onto the the web store, right? So here's the newest. That'll come out in December. Oh, that's sick. For all of the HMC patrons. So that is a skull Love with that. my glasses on it and the HMC hat, right? That is fucking sick. So mom texts me. These things just went up, dude. Jessica ordered one last week, I think, and the, but they're up. And she's like already on there. All right, already ordered my new HMC Studio shirt, both designs, got orange and plain. On it, dude. She's on it. I love this. I'm buying one too. I love it. And even if you'll tease me about it because of how you always tease me about that green, Kelly green shirt I got (laughs) of the HMC. You did buy the old. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) We've sold one green shirt and you bought it. And it's me. It's a beautiful color and it's super soft. So I like whatever. it. I like it. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. In that case, thank you for listening. I had a blast. Thank you for hanging out with me. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.